Broski here, and right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. With me this week are my good friends, Ek2Fly, Eric Trambicki. Hello. <laughs> Josh Prepaguina, also known as Preptagon Jr. Oh, man, it took so long for me to get back. <laughs> <laughs> it did. How long has it been? Well, two weeks, right? One. <laughs> I forgot. And Mr. Wednesday Night Live himself. We call him Alo. The ladies call him Baylo. Alo, Aaron Lloyd. Welcome to the show. We have our second annual Maddie Awards. The Matt Madness Awards will be revealed as we go through the show this evening. We had the first ever live Christmas Raw, I believe. And then the December 26th SmackDown. I don't know how much of it anybody watched. I watched bits and pieces here or there. I'm guilty to say I actually watched all of both. Well, wow. Actually, wow. I think there was a little bit of SmackDown just because I didn't watch it live that I did get to fast forward through. Yeah. Raw, Raw, I started like 30 to 35 minutes behind, so I pretty much tuned in for the whole thing. <laughs> well, there was actually some things of significance that happened, which I wasn't necessarily expecting. I got some enjoyment out of it. Yeah, I, I thought that for the most part they, they did a pretty good job for... A holiday edition of both shows. I'll I'll say for a Christmas episode, my favorite was the teasing of the continuation of Nia Jax and Enzo Amore. Uh, so good, the, so the good this week. Rough, what a rough team. mistletoe tease. The only thing bad about that was Nia's hair, but so good. I'm waiting for him to comment on it. They yeah, both got I'm, bad hair. I'm cool with Nia's hair with the with the two braids. I don't like. Oh, that. No, what, about the the what about the blue? I'm cool with that too. That's whatever. They 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 all seem to try different colors here and there. Yeah, I mean Enzo's cheetah. She's blue. I mean this. <laughs> I don't even know what Enzo's hair looks like anymore. I fast forwarded everything. I'm, I'm paying homage to NXT. I have fast forwarded every second he's been on the screen. Ron's like, who's much. Enzo? <laughs> his, his hair's a Delaware thing. Yeah, he's the guy who I'm better than in the ring. I know that I do know. Uh, before we get into the show too much, listen to Falls Count Anywhere with Derek and Russ, The Perfect Edge with Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. And you. Yeah, with me this week, episode 20. Uh, check out our old throwback madnesses, unsanctions, five star ratings and reviews on iTunes. They'd be a huge help to the show. We appreciate any five star rating or review that we get. Um, we won't start off with, with an award. But there was someone who won something on Raw. Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan got thrown into a tag team match together by Jordan's dad, Kurt Angle. <coughs> Let's talk about I this. love that Seth called him out for always bragging about these matches that he ultimately loses. Because it doesn't really... It got talked about by Kurt a couple weeks ago. I like that Seth said it. Like, I don't want this to be one of those times where you say you push somebody to the limit and you still lost. Um, I enjoyed the bar giving each other action figures for Christmas of so their good. enemies. I so thought that good. was good. <laughs> I missed this. Uh, so since Cesaro know. is a better gift giver than Sheamus. He is. I do think Cesaro needs to stop using the mouth guard when he's just there to talk. I like it. Do you really? While he's a heel. Yes. Okay. Um, it, shows, it shows ruthless. <laughs> ruthlessness? Yeah. Because of his toothlessness? Uh, yeah, a thousand percent. <laughs> Uh, I want him to come out there and say ruthless aggression so bad. 
but he's toothless aggression. Only thing good going on about you know his loss in Monday is yeah, I, I, the bar have been so good the past year as a tag team, but man, I, I want him to get some promising things uh, as a singles competitor. Lord Me knows too. if it'll ever happen, but we'll get to that. Yeah, he's, he's definitely anything. earned it, but. Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins become the new Raw Tag Team Champions. We actually got, like... Bittersweet. Well, not a conclusion to the story for Jason Jordan, but we got, like, a big jump in Jason Jordan's story. The only real disappointment I have, one, I was happy that this was a surprise. I did not expect them to win the championships. My initial reaction was, after Joe didn't win the IC Championship, like, I'm like, all right, cool, if you... If you are watching, I know you avidly did not want to watch, you know, during Christmas Day. Yeah, I kind of flipped through it the day after Christmas. But for the people in Chicago that, whether it was a Christmas gift to them or if they treated themselves for Christmas and said, here, I'm going to go watch Monday Night Raw, at least they got a treat. They got to see something special, which is a title change is always special, whether it's something you want to see or you don't want to see, because that's history. So... You know, 10, 15 years from now, when you're talking about bad, weird tag teams, whether they lose <laughs> if they if they lose the titles next week or in Raw, at least you remember that guy Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins. <laughs> they won the tag titles together. Do you remember? Oh, I was there. That was Christmas Day. It was the first ever live Raw on Christmas, so that was cool. And I got enjoyment out of it because I was like, "Damn, it's Christmas, and I'm actually sitting here watching this." And then it's like, "Oh, cool. At least I got to see a title change." And then it sat there for a minute. It's like, "Poor Dean." <laughs> yeah, it sucks for Dean. Yeah, I do wonder if they were going to get the titles that night anyway. Like if D- Dean, Dean and Seth were going to win them that night, maybe. Gotta wonder. But I, the only regret that I have, or not a regret, but the only downside to this that I see is I would have liked to have seen like a proud Kurt somewhere. Uh, dot com. Dot like, com. Was yeah. it okay? Yeah. But like, how many times do they show somebody for no reason, like watching the TV backstage? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like exactly. I feel like that would have been a good time to like go and be going back to Kurt. Like showing him watching being his a kid. cheerleader jumping yeah. up and down, smacking and the show, monitor, yeah, and then crying. Exactly, I would have liked to have seen that. We didn't get it, but I think it's cool that Jordan now is the first person ever to hold the NXT Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Definitely cool. Um, and yeah, it was cool that we got that on a show that we all kind of wrote off. Not not to knock him, but it will be a much bigger deal when there can be a tag team to say that they could have done all, all three. Yeah, but they will be in the history books forever as tag mm-hmm. team champions. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Does anybody have any thoughts on Jason Jordan now being a tag team champion? I forgot how good he was as a tag team wrestler, <laughs> so this match was a treat. Uh, my only gripe with it was the finish. Something like the camera angle messed up and they kind of missed the finish. Yeah, it was like, uh, I don't know. It was right. too late. Like, they caught him after he had already, like, threw him up. Yeah. And then he hit the net breaker. At it the was end. like choppy camera work or something. Yeah, but I don't hate it. It's kind of like plug and play. So, whatever Dean was going to do in the long run, Jordan's going to do to him now, which kind of takes two stories and merges it into one because, you know, eventually. Jordan was going to turn. Now, in my eyes, like we were supposed to get Jordan and Dean turning. Now we just have Jordan doing it, so we knocked two birds one stone out. Yeah, and I also think like we had the first act of Jason Jordan's story was him being revealed as Kurt Angle's son. In those first couple weeks of the interviews, which like I thought the first night was okay. I didn't hate it as much as a lot of people did. As the weeks went by, it was like, eh, this is kind of, you got to do something else than keep saying, oh, I can't believe my hero is my dad now. Then we kind of got him being like the bratty, petulant son that wants Kurt to do things for him. 
and like now he's become solidified by being a champion. So it like took his story to another level. And now I think he's kind of cemented as this character. Like he has an accolade as this character. He hasn't only lost big matches now. Um, and he's like tag team champions with a guy who's like former world of, champion. Yeah, and like one of the best guys in the company, which I think is cool. Halo, any thoughts on this or no? I you just talked about the different variations we got, Jason Jordan. I hope we still get to spoil Brat Jason Jordan because I think it, he's gonna be even more of a brat now. Yeah, because he has a title. Yeah. And I, and that's what I'm really looking forward to with this. Like I can see Kurt trying to get them to defend the tag titles and Jordan's like, Well, you know, Dad, we you know we wrestled last night and <laughs> We're, we're kind of right, tired. My knee still isn't 100%. Yeah, my percent, Dad. Dad, I can't, we can't defend the titles tonight. And I'm interested to see where they go from here. because. But that's too good. We're not going to get it. <laughs> I, I know. Especially, especially this time of the year. I mean, I got to ask. Do you guys want to see time out of this? How long do you want to see this last? Well, Strange, the, the whole different dynamics of in a tag team in the Strange Bedfellows, that always works for the most part. Now, uh, people have been comparing this to some of the most mediocre team, most odd tag teams in WWE history. Like, Jason, jumping John Cena and David Otunga and stuff like that. That but, makes more sense to compare it to that rather than the Rock and Sock connection or something. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, I think this will have more longevity that because John Cena and Otunga will only be the tag team champions for for a night. But I think this actually has like longevity. It could, be, this could actually even be really fun because Jason Jordan being that cocky brat. And Rollins, you know, Rollins is kind of stale. His jokes don't really hit. But I think they're actually hit with Jason Jordan. They'll lose the titles before the Rumble. I believe that, but that's still almost that's still a month away. So that's a nice that's a nice little reign for a makeshift tag team. But, but makeshift tag teams usually do work. I even love the idea of Jordan being able to say he was a tag team champion after they lose it, like still <laughs> acting like he's he's a, ch- a championship caliber yeah. competitor when he's not anymore. Yeah, and or he, he could say, "Oh, I, I put Roman Reigns and John Cena to the limits, <laughs> and I won tag titles yeah, everywhere." Yeah. And I still want him to like, like. Be an advocate for his Intercontinental title match. Oh, yeah. Don't ever let that go. Yeah. Don't let it go. Because he's, he's champs with Seth, so Seth's affiliated with Roman. I don't ever want him to let that IC title thing go. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, everybody ready to jump in our first Maddie Award for the year? Let's do it. All right. The nominees for the 2017 Match of the Year are... Oh, starting off hot. Yes. John Cena versus AJ Styles at the Royal Rumble. So this is the oldest nominee. It's almost a full year ago. The New Day versus the Usos, the pre-show match at SummerSlam. Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon in Hell in a Cell at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate uh, for the UK Championship at TakeOver Chicago. And Aleister Black versus the Velveteen Dream at NXT TakeOver War Games. Who wants to take it first, or would you guys like me to take it first? Go for it, Captain. You want me to go first? Okay. So, my number one match of the year... You want to start at five? You want me to start at five? Okay. work your way up. So, my number five match of the year, I think you guys are all going to hate me for this one. that's the one with one point, right? And Mm -hmm. a lot of our listeners are going to hate me for this. (laughs) I even said, after this show aired, it was good, but it wasn't even my favorite match on that show, is Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate for the UK Championship at TakeOver Chicago. I just didn't have any real investment in it. I thought it was a good match. Um, but there's no way I could put it over everything else on here. You just love John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. Well, we are the official uh, podcast of John Cena. <laughs> My number four is Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon, Hell in a Cell. Um, I loved this match, so this is no slight to it. 
but the other three matches I have ahead of it, I just happen to get a little bit more out of. Um, and I think also KO and Shane, we're still kind of feeling the after effects of it, and I kind of want to see how it plays out before I put it any higher than anything else. Number three, I have the New Day and the Usos at SummerSlam. Great match. It does lose a little bit of luster because it wasn't on the main show. And these guys had so many good matches, it's kind of hard to put one above the rest of them. Number two, Aleister Black against the Velveteen Dream. The Velveteen Dream was day one-ish for me. (laughs) I loved him on Tough Enough as Patrick Clark. I loved when he started with this character, however long ago that was. I was really happy to see him get put in a prominent position like this. Alistair Black, I think, is incredible. I thought this was a perfect opponent for a guy like that. This reminded me of shades of, you know, Razor Ramon against Goldust. I thought this was awesome. And this was the match of the night for me at TakeOver War Games. Uh, and match of the year for me, it's been number one on my board for almost a full year. John Cena versus AJ Styles at the Royal Rumble. Awesome match. These two guys are two of the greatest competitors that have ever stepped foot in a WWE ring. So I have to go with John Cena and AJ. Who wants to go next? Yeah, I'll go. So my match of the years, number five, Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. As good as the match was, I think there's stuff on this list that I just enjoyed a lot more than that. So my number four match of the year, New Day versus the Usos. I don't even think that was their best match personally, but I had to put them on there just because of all the good stuff that they did do this year. My number three match of the year was Alistair Black versus Velveteen Dream. If there was like another two months left in the year, this might have been like higher up on the board because I would have just watched it more. Yeah. To lose his points for you not having to got gotten to watch it enough. Exactly, yeah, because every time I watch that match, I just feel something different. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. My number two match of the year, John Cena versus AJ Styles at the Rumble. That match was incredible. I, I went back and watched all these matches just so I can, like, solidify my list. Mm-hmm. That match was so good. With and a then, <laughs> So good with the T. And then my number one match of the year, Pete Dunne versus... Tyler Bate for the UK title at TakeOver Chicago. This match gives me the feels. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, and this is my match of the year, not just WWE, like <laughs> all of wrestling. I don't care what anybody says. I loved, like, it would be this and then Wrestle Kingdom, the Omega match. Like, I mm-hmm. love that match. But this match definitely takes the cake so This for me. match did everything for you that it didn't do for me. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was day one-ish on Pete Dunne. <laughs> Don't let Donovan tell you anything. <laughs> Pete Dunn was my boy. I was excited. I wanted him to be in the Cruiserweight Classic. He didn't get it. And then he ended up doing the UK run, which is, probably, you know, paying probably dividends. A, probably yeah. a lot better for him. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I do think that he will be on 205 Live eventually, but not right now, which is fine. Yeah, I, I think whenever they realize the right thing to do with that UK title, he's on a bigger and better things. Yeah. I, I don't see him in the t- uh, 205 division. Yeah, like when they get rid of the U.S. title from SmackDown and replace it with the U.K. title. Might not be a bad thing. <laughs> All right, Eck, what do you got? So, from a match of the year, to rub everyone the wrong way. <laughs> oh, here, here he comes. I'm going off script. Number five. I know what it's going to be already. The 2017 WWE Championship <laughs> match at the Royal Rumble, John Cena versus AJ Styles. 
I wasn't overly invested in the match. I didn't like the end result. And during watching it live, I thought it was overrated. Uh, the next <laughs> next day, when there was so much hype for it, I didn't see it. Uh, number two, uh, I'm sorry, number four uh, was going to be the Hell in a Cell match. Uh, this is kind of hard. These all kind of get kind of sh- shifting here. This um, group of four matches. The Hell in a Cell match, Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens. Enjoyed watching it live. A lot of a pop moment. The surprise at the end with Sami Zayn turning heel. Big surprise. Um, hard to think anything different of it. Number three, number two, and number one. I, I had a hard time picking with these. I'm going to go number three is going to be Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate, the UK Championship. Great match. Uh, there's not a bad match that they didn't have. I've actually, since prior to recording this, I have arrows. This is the only category. I have arrows <laughs> all over. I originally had this as number one. Um, but they so did, you talked yourself into it and out of it in the in, course Into of it and out of it. I talked it in, into number one, down to number two, back to number one, and now it's at three. Uh, but I have to put – I had to put the Velveteen Dream and, um, and, and Black in, in there for number two. They built the story up for so many weeks, and they did that so well. The execution in the ring was amazing. Both guys can go. I'll, I'll be honest, just like Prep said, the SummerSlam kickoff I don't think is their best match, but arguably, you know, we're going to talk about them more tonight when it mm-hmm. comes to the Maddies. I, I got to give it to the Usos and the New Day. They pr- they proved not only that they can go, but that tag team wrestling is still alive in WWE. Um, and then if you go off of the year, you almost got to say that SmackDown had the hotter tag division just because of the matches they had. If you got, it didn't matter, you could put one of their SmackDown matches in here, I would have probably, if it was a Nuso New Day match, I'd have put that as match of the year. Yeah, the Las Vegas match they had was great, mm-hmm. too. So we've had three three people go, three different number one matches, three different number five matches. So, Alo, what do you got? If there was more options, we all probably would have agreed on yeah. the right match. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so number five for me is going to be Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon, Hell in a Cell. Like you said, one of the better Hell in a Cell matches we had in a long time, and you said it was, you had it as number two. Like mm-hmm. I, had to, I had to revisit all the other ones, but that's what Hell in a Cell was basically based off of. Mm-hmm. And that brought you, Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon brought you back to that. And it gave us heel Sammy Zayn, yeah. which is all. Yeah, is I think that it deserves credit for that. Yeah. And number five, I'm going to go with New Day versus Usos, the SummerSlam pre-show. The summer, the New Day and Usos owned the summer. We were at Battleground where we were. Was a match of the night? We, yeah, mm. it was the only match, of the, only yeah. match of the night <laughs> that went on. Because we were his match of the month. Mm. Match of the three hour, the match of the whole show. The show could have ended. I would have went home happy. Like we were very elated the way that show started, but after that it was a, a bus in SummerSlam. Very elated. That S- match should have went on after the Punjabi Prison match. Yeah, it should have made a event. But SummerSlam pre-show outshined that Battleground match. And like we know, like you, we just talked about the Sin City Street fight in Vegas. That was fantastic too. But due to being on TV and, and their the Hell in the Cell match. Yeah, that was good too. But this match was everything. It topped the Battleground. I thought it was the best. And basically, it was a basically plain tag team match. And the news, the Usos, they outstayed. They really shined in that situation. Number three, I'm going with John Cena versus AJ Styles of the Rumble. For me, this match, I remember. I don't know if you guys remember. We all watched it together, but I did mention that this match was too much shades of SummerSlam for me. And 
the, the Cena versus AJ SummerSlam match was the match to get Orton on the Maddies last year. And this match mirrored it a little bit too much. The only difference for me was the whole Cena making sure he put away AJ Styles this time. Number two, I'm going with Alistair Black versus the Velveteen Dream. Say my name. <laughs> so great. Like... When we reviewed, we, we gave our thoughts on TakeOver, I talked about this match was for nothing, but it felt like it was for everything. Yeah. And the Velveteen Dream, like, showed that he arrived, and he made actually made a name for himself. And this match was actually more important than any WWE championship match we saw all year. So say my name, the Destiny's Child match. <laughs> <laughs> and then my match of the year, I'm going with Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate for the United Kingdom title. Can't be mad at that. Ron, I'm sorry, but... I know me and you. I didn't. I I still have yet to finish the UK yeah. tournament from January, and going into this pay per view that I had very little knowledge of this. But when they announced it at Takeover because the UK show never got kicked off yet, I was like, even I was like, this is gonna be the match of the night before the show even came on. Once this announced, I was like, this is gonna be, this is gonna. Um, Take steal the show at Takeover Chicago because there's not so much for you to go off of, and I need you to actually grab something. Yeah. This match gave you every style you wanted: technical, high flying, strong style, everything you could think of in this match. And then the most important part, because I knew you said you had you had disconnect, but two words that made you made me connect to this: Jim Ross, because he was fantastic. <laughs> he made me, he made point. me feel like I knew these guys for years. Like he was calling a Taker Austin match, mm-hmm. and. That's what actually moved the needle for me. Like I rewatched this match last night when I was doing cardio, and I still was like, "Oh my god!" I still pop for everything that happened in that entire match. The cardio might have been making you pop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, the fact that it wasn't even my favorite match on that show, I just couldn't put it any higher. And it actually made me think: like, should I make these rankings based on what the wrestling world as a whole would think? And I decided no. Like these are yeah, our subjective our, rankings. Our thoughts, yeah. So I'm curious to see how this shook out. I'm pretty sure I know what's going to be number one. I think my number five might end up still being number one, but let's see. Wow. <laughs> Actually, Velveteen and Alistair might have a good shot yeah. to get there. So the 2017 match of the year is the Velveteen Dream versus Alistair <laughs> Black. With, Yo, 15, with 15 points, Velveteen Dream versus Alistair Black. Second place, Pete Dunn versus Tyler Bate with 14 points. Third place, John Cena versus AJ Styles with 13 points. Fourth place, New Day versus Uso SummerSlam pre-show with 12. And KO versus Shane with 6. Wow. I think that's a good ranking. I, I like that we're probably against the grain a little bit. And I, I'm glad Yeah, a lot that, of other people probably had AJ Styles versus Battle. <laughs> I'm glad that, uh, that Velveteen Dream and Alistair Black... Get some do here. I would like to say there were three matches that I did give five stars for WWE yeah. this year. One was not on the list, and that was DIY versus AOP at Takeover. That was we had to cut it off. Oh my god, mm, that it, was it, it, it didn't match. matter. We saw one. that match live, mm. and the triple threat, and then the ladder match was excellent. Me yeah. and match so good. Ron were like, Ron lost his mind. Gosh, <laughs> I did. That match was unbelievable. That was that was incredible. That was even better. That canceled out how mad I got at the people trying to start a You Look Stupid chant at Aleister Black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, like, that made me really mad, but that match made me happier than that made me mad. Um, moving back to Raw, we had a segment with John Cena and Elias. I was going <laughs> to say, when we started the show, you were burying the lead. This yeah. is the lead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, wa- I wanted to hit the title change first, but I thought this, this if, if anything... <laughs> 
if anything was going to make you think that WWE is fully bought into Elias, like I think this is it. <laughs> oh yeah, that he gets an opening Raw segment with John. If Cena. I didn't buy into him, his mic work that night, I bought it. <laughs> Not that I didn't, but he. Uh, he was he was on point, and yeah. then he buried CM Punk in Chicago. He did, which was great. <laughs> oh um, yeah, I thought this segment was great. It was a great opening I segment. I like to look at his burying, but you know, I love that one. He, he, inter- right. he interrupted Cena. He gets interrupted every week, and he interrupted the face that runs the place. He shoved his finger in his mouth. He did. That was awesome. <laughs> an awesome moment. I love the the WWE stands for Walk with Elias. I don't that, know if he had ever said yeah, that before. I've never no. heard of that. No, I'm sitting there clues. He's like, do you know what WWE stands for? <laughs> Walk with Elias. I was like, <laughs> I text Alo after that. I was yeah. like, oh, damn. I fell off the couch. <laughs> the first time I don't watch Raw Live, because me and Prem have a whole side conversation on Mondays, but I was like, I'm really missing this. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a great moment. I thought it was awesome that he did that. Like I said, at that point, I'm like, WWE clearly is invested in this guy. Um, the CM Punk chant, Chicago is the one place. I'll give it a pass at this point. I feel like they should be doing I it there. I pop for it in there. I pop for it there. Yeah, like it, it belongs there. It's part of the whole aura of that place. I'll, I'll be honest. Halfway through the segment, and you know when he when he um, recognizes the CM Punk comment or the chant, and he comments on it, I'm sitting here. I'm like, this role is gonna be good. You know, for a Christmas show, it, there's going to be something good here because there's a CM Punk chance all the time. Very few and far people address it. I mean, Stephanie was probably the last person to address and that was a full year prior. So Elias addressing the CM Punk chance, I'm like, you know, this is going to be good. Chicago is arguably the greatest wrestling city in America. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, that I had high hopes at that point. Yeah, the segment was great. Prep, your thoughts? Elias, what a guy! <laughs> you know, I th- I saw this segment and I was I was real upset that Ayla wasn't watching live <laughs> because I wanted to talk about it so bad. But then we get here. I don't have much to say. All I could say is Elias, what a guy! Yeah. The match was good too. I actually match really enjoyed really the match. Good. I liked it. I thought they had him get a lot of offense in, which I thought was he looked, good. He looked really strong. He's had a great match with Roman. He's had a great match with Cena now. Like, I, I think the, the future is really bright for him. I want to see him have a great match with Punk, but let me dream. <laughs> yeah, keep, you can keep dreaming about that. Maybe one day we'll get it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy because on NXT he was kind of, like, forgotten. He just, he just kind of literally, like, they, he drifted away. They had to take him off TV for a while, I think, because he just was, like, the one thing in NXT that people didn't want to see. He did Al Vagabundo at uh, TakeOver. For one night, and everybody still talks about it. Yeah, and then he showed up on Raw, like, two nights later, I think. Mm -hmm. And, like, the rest is kind of history. I think that they found something in him. I think he's entertaining. I think his mic work is really good. I love the way he comes at, like, local celebrities and local athletes. I think it's always enjoyable. And, like, he just held his own on the microphone with John Cena. I don't know what else you could really ask for the guy. We did get overly jokey John Cena. hmm But I just kind of, like, pushed it aside because I was enjoying the rest of the segment too much. But well, that was Elias' segment. Yeah. That was not John Cena's segment. Yeah, he was, like, really overly, like, no, no. Like, I was like, all right, John, we get it. But yeah. then I was like, I don't I think care. it's this because he doesn't so have great. a place right now. Yeah. He's like just there. He's still the free agent. Yeah. <laughs> He's still the free agent. I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh any other thoughts on Elias and Cena? Elias, great. 
I enjoyed it more than Cena's Rumble match. <laughs> you know what? I don't know if I didn't. It was that, like, I was just really pleasantly surprised. Anytime they mention CM Punk's name, I have a hard time not enjoying it. But, well, correct me if I'm wrong. We, it was billed as we were going to get Cena against Roman for the Intercontinental Championship, uh, right? No, Madison Square Garden, the live oh, event okay. on Tuesday. I got you. For some reason, I thought that was being billed. There for was a report show. that that was going to be the Christmas okay. match to make you watch. Yeah, this was better, though. <laughs> I thought this was better. So, How long do you think he was holding on to WWE stands for Walk with Elias? At least a month. He waited, line, he waited to the perfect time. The perfect time. To, to get to say that to John Cena, it could not have been any better. <laughs> I need a shirt. <laughs> yeah? I need a shirt. Well, I know you do walk with Elias. I you, do walk with Elias. You have been one of the first people to walk with Elias. I walk with Elias. Check check the Matt Madness Twitter. That was all me. <laughs> um, superstar of the year. Star now hot. Keep going. Star now hot. Yeah. He's just going straight down the text I, list I that am. you sent. <laughs> yeah, but I thought he was a star from the bottom up. No, I, I just started from the top. I figured we might as well just jump right into these. Um, all right, so Superstar of the Year for 2017. The nominees are the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar, the Phenomenal, AJ Styles, Roman Reigns. The guy. The guy. <laughs> the man. Kevin Owens and the 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 monster <laughs> among men, Braun. That text from Rick still messing with Yeah, Braun Strowman. So, does anyone else want to go first, or do you guys want me to just keep leading I'll, off? I'll rock first. Okay. Let's switch it up. So, for number five, bottom of the pack, the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar. If you're gonna have one of the main titles, you better show up, or you're at the bottom of the list. <laughs> uh, it's really hard putting him here at number four, but uh, Braun Strowman. Uh, he's had a lot of great matches. You said something great on the Perfect Edge in reference to Samoa Joe. Strowman, yes, he is an attraction, but he needs to win a big title sooner than later, um, and I hope that happens to him before Mania. Uh, there is a demand to watch him. He is entertaining. He is must-see, but there are certain things, if I'm watching specifically WWE, I'm expecting to see in a, a wrestler. Um, certain things he hasn't reached, so that's why I, I got to have him here at number four. Number three, I, I give it to Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns being the second person from the Shield to win the um, you know, the Grand Slam Award and uh, a lot of other uh, accolades and a lot of good matches. Um, he did botch a few spots with Taker, but you know, it, it re, you know, retiring Undertaker, reuniting the Shield, you know, funny moments in the back, whether it be with Angle, um, being murdered by Strowman. I got to put him there. Then it gets hard for one and two. Two, I'm going to give it to Co Kevin Owens. He's had a strong year, but AJ Styles is the greatest wrestler on the face of the planet right now. So number one superstar of the year has got to be AJ Styles. I like it. Who wants to take it next? Oh, wow. I'll go next. And I'll follow that up. <laughs> With my number five, Brock Lesnar. It's He's had... This is one title he's not going to <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's not going to be the superstar of the year. The most me. relevant title. Yeah. As much as I enjoy those matches with Braun Strowman and with I Samoa miss when Joe, Kevin Owens had his belt. <laughs> and the match with Goldberg at Mania. I enjoyed it. I know Ron didn't. William. Mm -hmm. <laughs> William. <laughs> William, yeah. He's number five. Number four, as much as this pains me, Kevin Owens. By I I love you, Kevin Owens, but... My number three is Roman Reigns. 
My number two is AJ Styles. <laughs> and my number one is Braun Strowman. <laughs> Braun okay, Strowman. This is getting interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yo, Braun Strowman, if he was on the breakout star list, he'd be there. Too, he'd he be was my, too big for it. Yeah, he'd be my breakout star too. But I got to name him my superstar of the year for WWE. Like, I enjoyed everything he did. He's And he continues to deliver no matter what they hand him. I, I know right now he's kind of like a placeholder or whatever. But I'm still enjoying it. All, everything that he did with Roman, I loved. Everything that he did after and before, I I really enjoyed. So that's my boy. Yeah. That's my. That's your boy, Elroy. We, yo, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is when we say wrestling is subjective. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, it definitely is. Do you want to go next? Or you want to yeah, close yeah. it out? I'm gonna let you close it out. All right. All right. So number five, he's just gonna eat and sleep. So Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, and I have a very valid reason why, mm-hmm. AJ Styles. Wow, okay. AJ, after he lost the WWE Championship and after she was sharing man in the face turn, he was a limbo for months that few have owned was mediocre at best. It wasn't what we all expected. And then he can't get all heat for that. KO gets <laughs> heat for that too. No, he doesn't. Not with me. <laughs> but the whole, because AJ, he was so great as a heel. Remind you, remember, he is the reigning, defending Matt Madness superstar of the year from mm-hmm. last year. But he was in such limbo after with that U.S. title. We, the U.S. Open, the U.S. Closed Challenge that we got, we didn't get it properly. Medio- mediocre booking at best. And I, I, I love AJ Styles, but it wasn't a great follow-up to what last year was. He just got the title back, which I'm glad he did. But it doesn't really make up for the year. Number three, I'm going with Roman Reigns. As the official podcast of Roman Reigns, <laughs> <laughs> he beat The Undertaker. He beat John Cena. And you guys complain that he shut down your throat, but mind, he hasn't been champion in a year and a half. He's been wearing the Intercontinental U.S. title since that, since that time. And on top of that, he's well, hardly won on paper. It, it was a full year in between. What? U.S. title? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, even world title. Hasn't even really been the picture. All the big matches this this year, he's bigger matches he's lost. But they finally WWE as a company, they finally found their niche with him, and that was that was the most important thing for Roman Reigns because they had no idea where they were going. But he's been consistent all year long, especially since after WrestleMania, after he beat the Undertaker. And number two, I'm going with Kevin Owens. So for me, for with Kevin Owens. I know we know who will now. <laughs> I'm going to, this Kel, this whole Kevin Owens thing. I'm a I'm a ditto to kind of same thing for my number one. But Kevin Owens, even though he was Universal Champion, he showed that titles don't matter. He was fantastic all year long. No matter what he did, he shined. Like I just kind of gave AJ Styles a bad bad lip, but Owens shined in the, that entire situation. No matter what he did, Festival of Friendship. AJ Styles feud, Shane McMahon feud, the stuff with Sami Zayn now, he's shined through the entire time. So, so number two, I'm going with Kevin Owens, and number one, I'm going with Braun Strowman. This Ooh. is coming from us, who mm. we destroyed Braun last year before the whole brand split thing. We didn't want to see him. I remember we went to the World two weeks out of two weeks prior to Mania. It was him versus Dean in the main event. It put us all to sleep. Probably one of the worst roles we ever been a part of. To see what he is, to see what he's become now has been fantastic. He's all he's arguably like I've said also a few weeks ago that he's kind of like the stone cold of generation. Like, like he just shows up and saves the show, and everybody is looking forward to him showing up. Even at the Great Balls of Fire pay per view when Roman um, smashed him in the ambulance, 
and he and he just like got out the truck and walked away. Like that brings back like that old character that you care about and just like a plain badass. And that's what he done with Braun Strowman. Even the stuff with the Big Show, he's got the Big Show's helped him a lot. And those matches with the Big Show were still good. I was, I, even though the rings collapsed at least ten times this year when it comes to Braun, all of Braun's stuff has been some of the highlights that we talked about on this show all year. So yeah. Braun Strowman is my superstar of the year. All right, number five. Everybody knows where I'm going with this one. Unanimous, I believe, across the is board. Is it AJ? Yeah, <laughs> no. Brock Lesnar, I'm ready for him to just go back to UFC or something. Um, I'm ready or for Minnesota. him to... Minnesota. Yeah, I'm ready for him to... Well, Canada now. He's Canada's own. He can Brock go back Lesnar to Minnesota now. and just sleep. <laughs> uh, my number four, this was this is actually a little tougher than I expected. I'm going with Roman Reigns. And again, not a slight to Roman, but I think he has not, like Alo mentioned, he has not been at the top of the list for most of the last year. Um... He had his from historical perspective. He had maybe the biggest moment, which was retiring the Undertaker. Was not a good match. Not his fault. I feel like a lot of the botches Eck mentioned was more because Undertaker has no business being in the ring anymore. Um, but I, I kind of like this spot for Roman because maybe this is what he needs: is to kind of he needed to be backed out a little bit, and now I feel like he's starting to get over a little more than he was before. Uh, my number three is Kevin Owens. Had an unbelievable year. He did a lot of the best stuff of the year with Chris Jericho. I think he's still been great, even without Jericho there, to play off of. Um, The stuff with AJ Styles in the summer was not as good as I wanted it to be. Um, My number two is AJ Styles. He's not my number one because, again, as as Alo mentioned, he he did have that weird run. Because I remember talking on the show a lot about, like, AJ Styles is your best wrestler, and you're not even letting him wrestle on TV. So there was a good chunk of the year that he did not get to go out there and be the phenomenal AJ Styles. My number one, I did not expect him to be number one. I thought I was going to be alone on this hill, but Braun Strowman, he's become the one true attraction on the show that it's like you have to see the thing that Braun Strowman's going to do. Or maybe if you're not watching Raw, you got to text somebody and say, wait till you see what Braun Strowman did. He got to do a lot of these like larger-than-life things on Raw that you don't see a lot of other guys get to do. Now, a lot of the reasons why we're picking these is kind of what WWE has decided to let these guys do, which maybe isn't fair to the guys as human beings, but as far as what we're watching on the show, well, Braun Strowman, yeah, Braun Strowman, like they've built him up as a true like larger-than-life character, which we haven't seen in a while. They're trying to act like Kane is still a larger-than-life character. He's not. He is dwarfed by Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman has done some of the most amazing things on Raw this year, and his rise has been astronomical over the course of the year, so I do think he deserves it. Um, So do we have a a tally on these numbers? It's finishing in fifth place is... Brock Lesnar with four points. Damn, Reign and defend him. In a tie for third, we have Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. Okay. Finishing second is last year's champion, AJ Styles, with 15 points. And the new superstar of the year for the year of 2017 is Braun Strowman. All right, you go, Braun. He went from nobody wanting to see him on the show to being, like, the top guy for three out of the four of us. And I would assume we're probably not alone. There might be some people that might say he should be, like, the breakout star of the year, and I kind of get that argument, but I do think, like, he's 
I don't look at him as a breakout star anymore. I look at him as like he's yeah. just a star. Yeah, because Derek, when I put the polls on Facebook, Derek mentioned that to me. I like Derek. He's far surpassed that. And I had, like I said, that's the main reason was because I had I held him in high regard as my superstar of the year. And I figured that he would be bigger than that whole breakout star of the year because that was he was starting to break out that shell at the, at the end of last year as well. Yeah, I definitely think that Braun Strowman, it's earned because he he is the the number one larger than life guy on the show. Prep, I may just throw this to you. Roman and Samoa Joe had a match, felt like a big fight, which I love that when you get that feeling. Um, what did you think of it? Samoa Joe <laughs> <laughs> and Roman Reigns. No, I was glad that they went to this match. I'm glad that the, it didn't have the finality of like you know because I do want to see this feud extend. Yeah. For I guess we have five weeks to the Rumble. Why not just go to the Rumble with it? I'm not going to mind seeing them face in different you know tandems. Mm-hmm. So I th- I thought it was a good match. Yeah, it was like the intro, like it felt like it might as well have been uh, like buffer. Like announcing it for UFC, like that was the feeling. Like I almost got like that, like butterflies feeling when they opened that match. My my favorite thing I sent this in the group text. I don't know if you saw this. Booker T goes, "Look at Samoa Joe with the Southpaw right hands." <laughs> and Corey Graves Corey going, calls him. "He's like, what the hell are you talking about?" And Southpaw's left hand. <laughs> it was so good. Good. It was a yeah, good match. It was uh. Great match. I enjoyed it. Like you said, the fact that it didn't have, like, a winner. It was just a DQ finish and then an assault afterwards. This is, like, kind of what you need to see from these two guys. I think it's great. I'm excited to see what's next. Eck, did you did you enjoy this as much as Prep and I did? Uh, you guys are spot on. I mean, this thing needs to continue. Um, I love that Roman won the Intercontinental title, and he's already done much better with it than he did with the United States Championship. Samoa Joe's the only person that has the right to dethrone him. Um, he needs the belt. He's, I can see it going in multiple ways. I think he should win clean, and then maybe it, maybe he could win clean on Raw in a few weeks. Roman gets his rematch at at the Rumble. Joe cheats to win, so Reign looks you know somewhat still strong, and Joe can move on to the sunset with that IC title. And I believe it's been said already on the show. Keep that belt forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Joe does need his first taste of gold sooner rather than later. And what better belt to start with? Yeah. I missed this, unfortunately. <laughs> so you didn't get to see it? I didn't get to see it. I would say definitely do yourself a favor okay. and see it when you get a chance. Um, and then Roman got quote-unquote fined for his actions after the match. <laughs> Which I think is funny. He said it was worth every penny. Yeah, I bet it was, because I believe he's had this done to him on numerous occasions by numerous guys over the last year. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. I'm looking forward to what's down the road with these two. Two, two of the best guys in the company. Uh, breakout star of the year. Favorite category. <laughs> <laughs> we have our nominees for 2017. Former Cruiserweight champion Neville. Current NXT champion Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega. I think very important. That's an asterisk. Yeah, you got to make sure you put that in there. Yeah, this is one of the hardest ones. It was tough. It was. This was so really. Tough. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I, I'm not I mad at my list. One. I'm not mad at my list, but it, it was hard to put certain people in certain spots. Yeah, it, it's tough. Yeah, because it's not. It's not like 
some of the spots you put them in, it's like it's not giving them credit where it's yeah, due. Yeah, because you feel like you're not. Yeah, but anybody could win except it. one person. I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, Carmella, Elias, and the. 50th and seemingly for a while final WWE champion Jinder Mahal. Uh, who wants to take breakout star first? Prep, you got it? Yeah, might as well go. So, my number five breakout star. I was rooting for this guy, but Jinder Mahal. <laughs> just didn't work he just, out. He just didn't work out, you know, and I really wanted it to happen, mm-hmm. but just didn't work out. Number four. I think that this is missing an asterisk, so this is why I'm putting with, it here. I almost said it, but... Carmella. She's <laughs> number four. Uh, her, Just her doesn't do it for me. If you would have said Carmella with James Ellsworth, that's a different story. This is where it starts to get kind of tough yep. because uh, <laughs> my number three, it hurts me to put him here because yeah. he did have one of my favorite matches of the year, but I'm I'm giving my number three to Neville. What a year this guy had. What a turnaround, like, in character work. Like, somebody, like, him and Sami Zayn have that same, like, thing where, wow, I didn't know he could do this. Yeah. But they did it so well. Like, I'm really excited to see where Sami Zayn goes. Mm -hmm. I'm really bummed that I didn't get to see where Neville keeps, you know, going from there. My number two, Andrade Cien Almas with Selena Vega. I love his character now. Like this is getting fun. The match, the <laughs> match that he, he stole had. Your character. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> the match he had at the at the event where he won the title was great. You think Selena Vega's from Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> hmm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Queens. The, <laughs> and I'm almost positive that he's gonna have probably the best match of the weekend at Rumble weekend. Quote me on that right now. I like that. And my number one <laughs> breakout star of the year, Elias. You walk with Elias. Wow. WWE. WWE. <laughs> Need I say more? I'm, no. I'm, I'm not mad at that. I was surprised where I put him where I put him, but I'm, I'm going to go second with those guys. Yeah. Um, number five, this may be a big surprise because he held the title for um, roughly <laughs> six months, but I'm, I'm going to hinder Jinder. Jinder <laughs> is uh, number five. He is the worst of the five uh, breakout superstars. I have nothing to say positive about him. When we get to SmackDown, he is where he should have been when he, the superstar shakeup happened. Um, number four, it was kind of an easy put for me here. Carmella. Um, we're all going to say the same thing. She w- did really good with James Ellsworth, but I feel like she broke out more last year. Um, she was kind of, you know, aside from um, Eva Marie, she was the real hot thing for the women's division. When, when uh, the brand split originally happened. Number three, I had to put Neville. Um, the greatest reformation of a character in the year for WWE, but I couldn't put him up any higher because two years ago when Brian Gerard James called us and said, <laughs> we're, we're done doing the Slammies yearly, mm-hmm. so we're not going to do one for tw- um, 2016. Yeah. We're going to give that to you guys. You guys do 2017. Did and I get the last Slammy? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> so so Neville, the last WWE Slammies, Neville was the breakout superstar. Two years later, it doesn't make sense for me to put him there, but I couldn't put him behind Carmella or Jinder, so I got to put Neville there. Number two is going to be Elias. I believe all of us will say we'll walk with him. He's been great, uh, it's so much better ever since he got to the main roster. I've always liked Andrade Cien Almas since he's made his debut to NXT. His past 
two, you know, with Gargano and then winning the title. His takeover matches have been phenomenal. Zelina Vega with him has been the icing on the cake, the cherry on top. It's a perfect package, and it deserves to be number one. Dale, or do you want me to go? I'll take this. All right, so my my number five, Jinder Mayhall. (laughs) Because... It's like because Kurt Angle can't because even we pronounce never, his name because we never got to see the Brock match. Yeah, that he challenged him to. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> we, the Lord, the good Lord knows we gave this a chance. <laughs> he, only he knows. We Nobody gave it more of a chance than us. Maybe Donovan. <laughs> Donovan might still be. No, he's, still, he's still he's still <laughs> champion in this. I, I ain't gonna lie, I ain't giving no chance. Yeah, yeah the, there, don't, don't group me in that. There is no chance in hell. <laughs> you or laugh. But I. Th- I I can't with this. We we tried. Like, we really did. Number four, I'm going with Carmella. Elite Collector, what up? (laughs) (laughs) Number four, I'm going with Carmella. Her work with Ellsworth was fantastic. The whole leash thing was perfect. The way she dressed him around. The the the, um, the money suit that she wore when she wore money in the bank great. The onesie, even though it's not a madness onesie, still great. She's working her way towards it. Yes, she is. But... I I really did like her work, and one of her points was she was basically Miss Irrelevant in the draft, and she ended up winning Money in the Bank, and she has been a focal point up on SmackDown until recently. And number three, I'm going with Neville, because who knew Neville had this in him? Neville was must like for for this year. Neville was most must see television. He was one of probably just one of the three or four people that you would want to see on Raw. He was must see television. And honestly, where would two hundred five live in the cruiserweight division be if it wasn't for Neville? Him him leaving is basically the the death pin. Yeah, like where <laughs> where, where would two hundred five live even still be a thing? Would the cruiserweight division even still be a thing if it wasn't for Neville? Because he carried that division legit for nine months. And thank you, Neville. Number two, I'm going with. Oh God, <laughs> pains me. Elias, <laughs> like nobody saw this coming, and because for example, he was hurt in NXT. That's why you didn't see him for a long time. Then he reappeared earlier this year, and like you said in NXT, nobody wanted to see him. They, they, he got legit booed out the building everywhere. Everywhere he went, even that live event went to um, a year and a half yeah. ago. He, and he got, had a great match. He had a great Apollo. match, but they booed him out the building. No matter what, and then he comes to Raw. Well, first, El, great the greatness of El Vagamundo, <laughs> and then two weeks, two nights later, he's on Raw, and he's been in the same position ever since. And Vince loves him. You could tell because he wouldn't be getting this push, being in the ring with the top stars, etc. Actually, getting mic time every week and actually getting legit heel. He he's a lost treasure in the world of the wrestling because there's not many people out there that are legit heels and get legit heat. And number one, I'm going with Andrade Cien Almas in all caps, Zelina Vega. <laughs> no one saw this coming. I just said that about Elias, but nobody really saw this coming. Andrade, the month after he came into NXT, was basically the new Tyler Breeze, just that, that worker that was just put over a new talent, and he was lost even throughout this year. He was he had the drunk prep gimmick and was um, <laughs> just phoning around and clubs with a bunch of women, and here comes Zelina Vega. Here comes Thea Trinidad. And like she just like brings this new aura to him and resurre- resurrected, resurrected yeah. 
a manager. Like we have we have Maurice in WWE in the WWE main roster, but Zelina Vega, I think she's been more of a focal point than her because Zelina Vega does all the talking. And even from the first um, match they had at TakeOver Brooklyn against Johnny Gargano, when she just threw the shirt in there, that played a factor and that told a story to that match. And we thought that his match against Drew McIntyre, that was just a filler to hold off Drew McIntyre versus Cole, but it wasn't. And we were all there at the House of Hardcore when TakeOver was on, and Prep couldn't wait to get home to see this match. (laughs) But we really couldn't believe it. And we, we was like, wow, this is incredible. And... She added so much to his character. He looked so rejuvenated because we kept hearing reports that he was ready to go after his first few months. But they, this actually helped him and propel him to the spotlight, and that's why he's my number one. All right, my rankings here may jumble this up a little bit, so we'll see what happens. Uh, my number five, as everyone else, Jinder May, Jinder Mayhal. <laughs> I, yeah, he, yeah, to me, it's like the the old one of these things is not like the other. Uh, that's how I feel about gender. I mean, he broke out in the sense that he became a world champion, but like he never truly broke out in the eyes of the people who watched the product. Yeah, see, we're the only credible, po- we're the only podcast, but I, we're also a credible podcast. But if he didn't win that title, Iconic was going to be on this list. Yeah, they, and they would have deserved it. Um, my number four is this guy's lower than any on anybody else's list. I'm going to say Neville. I do think he had a great year, uh, but. I think the the sour taste in my mouth from 205 Live and the Cruiserweights, he's probably taking a little bit of an unfair punishment for that. And the fact that he's just not there anymore kind of takes something away from him for me. Uh, my number three, and this may be a little controversial, I'm putting Andre Cien Almas and Zelina Vega. And again, not to take anything away from them, I think it's great. But to me, I want my breakout stars to be to have broken out on the main roster. So my number two is Elias <laughs> because he has broken out on the main roster. He, but he was nowhere in NXT. And my number one is Carmella. I had to do this for James. Um, <laughs> and Justice for Ellsworth. And like, not to mention, he, she. I think a lot of people forget she had that epic beatdown of Nikki Bella on Talking Smack which kind of propelled her into something. I loved her feud with Nikki Bella before she ended up with Ellsworth. Obviously, the stuff with Ellsworth was gold. Um, And she was the first ever Women's Money in the Bank winner. So from her going to someone who I didn't think was ready to go from NXT to the main roster to someone who I think was so consistently good for the year of 2017, I had to give it to Carmella. So this may change things a little bit. She's definitely not going to win. But I'm curious what these rankings now do to the top of the list. I think you just helped me out. <laughs> this is fun. So, finishing at the bottom. Uh-huh. Gender Mayhaw. Gender Mayhaw with four points. <laughs> Zero points. <laughs> a tie for third is Neville and Carmella. Okay. And a tie for first place. Wow, our first tie of the year. Andrade Cien Almas and Elias. So, with the, tie, with the tie, we're going to resort to Facebook. In the Facebook group poll. And the winner of the Facebook poll with six votes is Andrade Cian Almas and Zelina Vega. Hmm. So Andrade Cian Almas and Zelina Vega are the breakout stars of the year. 
that's well deserved. I, I am happy that they got it, and I'm happy that my vote didn't weigh them down and keep them from winning. <laughs> Although prep, I'm sorry that my votes did not help you out. I was I was pretty bummed. <laughs> yeah, that these have all been pretty interesting. I think we are proving how subjective wrestling is. Yeah, that's what we're here right to do. Now. That is what we're here to do. Everybody wants to, oh no, this and that. Like they they want to be all PC about wrestling. Mm-hmm. Come listen to Matt Madness. Yeah, you get, you we get tell the, the truth. truth. <laughs> <laughs> we are the Donald Trump of the podcast universe. <laughs> yeah, our rankings. I, I feel like yeah, the the general rankings are a social construct. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Way to save that segment. You're welcome. We the the women's rumble build. Uh, There's not a whole lot to talk about. Absolution beat Sasha Bailey and Mickey James again. Uh, Alexa interrupted. Uh, Enzo and Naya, who are about to kiss under the mistletoe. But she said basically, oh, it's about the Royal Rumble, but we never saw Naya again. No, she said, it's about the first ever women's Royal Rumble. (sighs) Yeah. uh, I don't like this. Alexa. I I took last week off, Pash. Did you? Nothing wrong with that. I took last week off. I watched under 30 minutes of WWE television. Congratulations. Yeah, I applaud you for that. And I I listened to the Matt Madness podcast to get me through. (laughs) I did the... Some of the 30 minutes that I did watch was that awful segment with Stephanie. (laughs) And I'm sorry, I am not excited for the Women's Royal Rumble. I'm excited for two reasons. One is... I think it's kind of like maybe the last first they can do. And it's like cool that like, okay, they've done it now. And I'm excited at the fact that it may be the last first that we get where we can stop with them celebrating together as a women's roster and breaking character. Like, let's just let them be characters and stop bringing the real life celebration onto the show because we don't need that all the time. So I'm hoping that it is done with this. They've now celebrated. We have our own Royal Rumble. Now we, we're we equal to the men, and let's just let that be and stop making it a big deal. Um, so this, what? this is going to go way too long. Is it that they're equal to the men? Because if they were equal to the men, they would just all be in the match together. So equal is... As far as equal being like they're all the same, no. But like they now have everything the men have had. There's nothing that the men have done that they have not done yet. We'll see Stephanie back in six to seven months to announce the first ever WWE women's tag titles. She'll be the one to announce that. All whenever right. that happens. No more belts. <coughs> all right. So but, just like they stopped doing the slam. It's another first. It's another first. <laughs> just like they stopped doing the slammies because you got male superstar of the year, female superstar of the year. But they figured out that gender is a social construct. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I I do see what you're saying, but I think like it's not equality at all because they're still all right. All the women go here, all the men go here. Yeah, no, I, I get that, but I think like as far as the matches they get to do, the segments they get to have, it's another step closer to them getting all the same things that the men have gotten. Yeah, um, I think we kind of. We didn't hit on the whole emphasis of what the Women's Royal Rumble me, me kind of means. Last week, we kind of just bad-mouthed the segment because the segment was terrible. Yeah. But so, I love the fact, the idea that there's a Women's Royal Rumble because, like I said, equal to the men. And all these women are excellent. We champion all of them. We champion most of them. 
except you, Ron. <laughs> to, one to be exact. But we said we champion all these women, and a lot of these women, they're better than some of the men that they have out there. And it's a great moment. And that's the thing with wrestling. It's like, okay, you can name, you can say this, you know this is going to happen. So you know this women's war Roman is going to happen. And that's the, it's, the, it's for the moment. It's not it's not saying the match is going to be good or whatever. It's just for the moment. And I can't wait to actually see it. No, I, do I know what it's going to look like? No, but it's something that we, we, we want to see. It's, it's a first for the women. And we all want to see what the women can do because we, we always – we, we, we can see that they're better than most men and can hang with some of the most men. WWE, they're not going to do the um, domestic violence. They're not going to put them in the, in the ring with men. But I'm Until looking, the mixed match challenge. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a mixed tag, so the women have to... Women against women, women. men against men. So it's not going to work that way. Yeah. If anything, they'll let the woman beat up the man. But um, I'm looking forward to it. I do worry a little bit about the Philadelphia crowd's reaction to this. Yeah, I, I agree with that. My main thought on it is two things. My negative towards it is if it goes bad, and specifically if Philly doesn't recept to it well, um, January 2019, is WWE <coughs> nervous and it says it was a one-and-done thing? Is this now a yearly tradition? What is this going to be, the 2018? I, I don't think they'll call it off. Because I think they could just chalk it up to, oh, that's Philadelphia. Yeah, and that's, that, that's how I look at it. I, I would like to see this continue. Plus, me being a mark for you know one specific <laughs> person, I've I've been a mark for the Rumble since I've been a wrestling fan. It's always been my favorite event of the year. Big thing you always look forward to is the surprises, the the returns. That's the one thing I just I hope they can't they can't mess that at all. Give me Trish Stratus in the <laughs> ring one more time. Come on. She can still go. She's still in physical shape. I just need to see her. That's the only reason I'm going to be going to Philly, just to see my baby. Yeah, I wouldn't hate it, Alo. There's only one. Eric just tells about with the crowd destroyed. There's only one thing that will make the crowd destroy. I don't know if you guys saw this. I'm not sure how legit it is. But I did see something about the betting odds for this. And Ronda Rousey was the leading leader for the Women's Royal Rumble to win as in the betting odds. That's the one thing that will be negative if it happens and that the Philly crowd will destroy. Because... Now, I look at it as the the fair-weather fan, and Passion and I know 8 to 10 of them that are going to go there in a group. Mm-hmm. I would think they would pop for that. But th- this I is... Think, I think also, and this this I, I was discounting until just now, I think the, the introduction of the travel packages to the Rumble may make it a less Philly crowd than it normally would be. Because there may be people coming from from more different places. And we also got to consider how much more expensive is the Rumble this year than when we went two years ago. True. but That may help things a little. True, but I don't... I know me personally... I'm I'm, I'm sure you will destroy it if Rosie did win. But I know me personally, I'll be very and highly disappointed. Because... These women, they've been looking forward to this for years, especially the four horsewomen and the women that have been there for a long time, like Alicia Fox and, and um, Mickey James. They've been there for a long time, and they, they've waited for their opportunities and for it to be taken away for somebody like Ronda Rousey, who hasn't even entered, has only been in WWE ring once, to actually win it and take the shine on everybody else, making a debut. That would just leave a sour taste about The smart thing for them to do with her is the AJ Styles treatment. Put her in early, make her look strong. You have the pop in the moment and she should not have the endurance to go of, you know, with 29 other women, yeah. especially if you put her in there like third, fourth, fifth, something early spot. Yeah, but the thing is 
you see, this is the thing. It's a TV show at the end of the day. She could easily take a nap. And, you know, like like they did with Roman. Just have him go outside and take a nap. And she doesn't have to do much. And it's a rumble. You could hide in the corner for 10 minutes, for all we know. But for, for the people like Sasha, like Bailey, the people, the women that actually care about this, that's, I, th- I will honestly feel bad for them. And I think they'll be distraught the fact that their opportunity, even if they didn't win, that opportunity is taken away from one of them and given to somebody else to sell something for WrestleMania. I think the better bet, if you do want to do Rousey versus Charlotte, just leave that on SmackDown. Don't let Rousey come in and take that spotlight. Yeah, I do think if she's in it, she's going to win. Yeah, yeah. The, the last thing but I what, say is... is she going to be a surprise entrance, or are you taking she, we're going to get build up? I, w- I would say a surprise. Like, I don't know. The last thing I'll say about it is that they... WWE themselves really did it a disservice, not giving it stakes. Like, oh yeah, there's nothing. They're just having the match just to have the match. But but there's no, no, well, you no, know well, the stakes well, are gonna be. The, you get the a problem title is, shot. Yeah, the problem is that they haven't. They didn't formally announce it. I complained about this last week, and they they led this weekend with the same thing. The winner of this match faces if they're on Raw, they're facing the Raw Women's Champion. If they're on SmackDown, they're gonna face the SmackDown Women's Champion. But the the problem here is, and I mentioned this last week, the four of us should be able to easily grasp that. The majority of wrestling fans, smart WWE fans, lifelong WWE fans are gonna put that together. If my eight-year-old son's watching this with me and he's popping for it and he's, you know, actually like, oh, I guess some of these matches the girls are having are good, and he's like you know, it's going to be in Philly. Like, let's go. And he's sitting here, I want to see it. And he's getting invested. And he's like, what do they get? <laughs> but you're not explaining it to the kids. And they're trying to they're trying to portray this storyline to the kids. They're trying to portray everything in WWE for the kids. But they're not explaining stuff to them. Yeah, it needs to be for a title shot. And they need to make it very clear. Michael, Michael, can, Michael Cole can explain the stipulations to a basic match, a triple threat match, or a tag team match a thousand times every week on Raw. But they can't explain simple you know, accolades or awards or you know, the prestige of winning a certain match. Yeah, I agree. And are they going to take the bump over the rope? Is it over the top rope? I would be shocked if it wasn't, to be honest. I can't imagine they won't. Because aesthetically, it's not going to look good if it's right. through the middle rope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, now, that'll get booed for the entire time that no, the match no, is going the, on. Before it was a women's division with preps getting at the Divas, you used to always get those just as long as they're out of the ring, they're yeah. eliminated. But I believe NXT just had a, a women's battle royal and it was over the top. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, ready for the next Maddie they, they Award? Had, they had one for the, the four spots of the most recent Fame Okay, four. I do remember them doing that. I didn't watch it, though. Uh, I'm not saying I did either, but I might have saw how it. The next award, the 2017 Tag Team of the Year. Another hard one. Yes. The Lead it off. <laughs> okay, I will. The nominees are The Usos, The New Day, The Bar, the Authors of Pain, and The Hardys. Um, so I will lead it off. My number five, I'm going to go with The Hardys, just because I feel like they they had, like, that good opening. Like, when they, they showed up at the run, they showed up at Mania, they had a nice little run at the beginning, and I kind of feel like they, they faded away, like, really quick. And they got by on just saying, like, oh, The Hardys are here, and people will just be happy that they're here. What'd they do? What did they do? Uh-huh. What do you mean? By showing up at WrestleMania? No, you said they did something. They had, like, a nice start. They no. faded away into obscurity. Classify as obsolete. <laughs> yes, okay. That is what they did, basically. <laughs> um, and part of it, you know, Jeff got hurt. It kind of lost Matt for a while. 
Uh, my number four is going to be the Authors of Pain. Um, I think almost everyone in NXT gets like a little bit of a deduction from me because I don't watch it enough. Um, but those guys are great. I think that they've had some of the best matches we've seen in NXT. Like those tag matches for a while were like the highlight. That's and another Authors group. of Pain have had a great one. Similar to Braun Strowman. Or think a great about, run. Think about what people would have said on this show last year about the Authors of Pain and what we're saying this year. Yeah, they became like the monsters of NXT and like an attraction. Uh, my number three is The Bar. Um, I think they've also had a really good year. Their matches are consistently good. I think it's elevated both Sheamus and Cesaro. And this was like born out of the ashes of the best of seven series that we all mocked when it when it was announced and when it was going on. So I congratulate both of these guys for having as great of a year as they did. But the top two tag teams of the year for me, I didn't put anyone else even close to these two. The New Day is number two. Uh, they had another really good year. They've had a great run for three and a half years or however long it's been. But the Usos are number one because they really resurrected themselves in 2017. They went from a team that nobody cared about, nobody was interested in. They were boring. They didn't matter. And now, like, you look forward to them all the time. And they've changed so much. So much about them has, has, so much about them has changed in 2017. They've had a, a couple great title runs. They had a string of unbelievable matches. So they, for me, are my 2017 Tag Team of the Year. I'll take this next. All right, so um, fifth, I'm going with the Hardys. Like Ron said, they came in hot. And then after they lost the titles, we kept speculating. What are they going to do? Because we were, we're just waiting on this whole broken thing to come in. They tease it week after week that nothing happens and Jeff gets hurt. And that killed all their steam. And then we didn't see Matt for a couple of months. Yeah, we're waiting for them with the Could revival. Been, yeah, for the the, yeah, the revival got hurt. So yeah. a lot of the hardy plans didn't go to, pl- go, didn't go to plan. So we, I think we would cheat out of that. And uh, number four, I'm going with AOP. Like, like you said, Ron, their matches have been fantastic. Eric just hit on them about being the Braun Strowman of NXT, but mm-hmm. the difference is we questioned them because of their size when they first debuted, but Ron told me they were, like, legit Olympic athletes. Yeah. And they've shown that. and Because even, like, even when they've had their matches, they've been in the ring with DIY and the Revival, and you can even credit to, the, credit to those guys, but every match they had, it doesn't matter – even when they were in the ring with Sanity, every match they had was fantastic. And I have no complaints from the Authors of Paint. And they don't talk. Paul Ellerin, the small, the few words, it's it's great. Mm-hmm. Number three. <laughs> I'm going with The New Day. Okay. The New Day left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths after their record set in tag team title reign. Because some people, I know, they Derek, overshadowed, they the, overshadowed division. The, the division. They took, they made it, a, made it a parody. I know Derek even said that they were legit a poison for the tag team division. I agreed with that because they they hardly defended titles, and then when they did wrestle, it it didn't mean anything. Nothing felt important. And it, there weren't even a legit tag teams to actually can, uh, actually challenge them that you get actually even buy them winning. And in commentary, every week they kept basically telling you they're going to break the tag team title record, but. They resurrected themselves to me, and they won. The, they were tied with the revival last year for our tag team of the mm-hmm. year. But I'm gonna have them at number three this year. This year, and number two. This is 
a legit reason. Now you guys can all kind of like think about this, and this may might actually change some of your opinions. I'm going. <clears throat> I'm going with the bar. Who thought the bar would last this long? And yeah, I didn't. And be this successful. Um, I know before we. I don't know if the we, Mick Foley creation. Yeah, that's I, how long ago it was. I don't know. I don't know if it was when we started or a little, when we, in the beginning of the show or prior to the show. We talked about this. I know Eric said something about Cesaro, about he he deserves a little bit better, but. It's a little bit early to say this about Cesaro, but we talk a lot about Kane, how he's like the perfect tag team partner, and every team he was person he was with it worked. Cesaro's the same way because I think he's been with three guys right, now, three guys so far, and they've all been checkmates. Jack Swagger, nobody cared about Jack Swagger, but he made the real Americans work. You cared. We got cheated out of t- him and Tyson Kidd when they first started. Team, I was like, this is going to be a team, but. They were great. They, they were great. When they got those tag, that, those tag titles two years ago, matches of the night on all their shows, I, I needed more of that. And even, with, even with, now with Sheamus, the best of seven series, the matches were fine, but we just didn't care because we saw it. Even though we had the best of seven series, we saw it three three times, three pay-per-views, probably three pay-per-views in, a Raw's, in Raw's prior, so we didn't care. But they've been great, and they've even they started this whole, the whole legit the bar thing, even they got they got it from the, was it Toyota or whatever commercial? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they, they've been great, so they're my number two tag team of the year. And, of course, the Usos, day one-ish. Yeah. So many great catchphrases they, they, they coined this year. We had the rap battle of New Day. We had the, the yellow and black flannel from last week at Clash of <laughs> <laughs> The iconic the yellow, iconic yellow flannel. Black flannel. Like still can't, yellow, like still yellow. can't find the proper yellow, fla- <laughs> yellow in, the, in a flannel. But their mat, like their ring, the inner ring was, ne- was never... Something we over we overlooked. Their ring ring was always fantastic. Just nobody cared because mm-hmm. they came out with the face paint doing the Siba towel for years. But they completely reinvented themselves, became heels, became must see television. And now that we now that they're in this tweener slash face role, we care about the Usos again. And I'm so glad that they actually got this chance to chance to shine. And they've been fantastic. All year long, even last year when they turned here, they've been fantastic. Exactly. Who wants to go third and who wants to close it out? You want to go third, Eck? I guess I'll jump in. Uh, Wearing best, the my, New Day hoodie, my, by the way. I didn't even want to. I didn't want someone to notice that during this. My best friend hit on so many good points, and I just say it: tag team wrestling is alive. Mm-hmm. WWE did some good things in 2017 with tag team wrestling. There were some bad hiccups, um, you know, with, with the rival being hurt. Jeff taking the unfortunate. Injury, uh, DIY and NXT splitting up. Tommaso Ciampa being injured, and we're not getting that feud. I know that's not a tag team, um, and it came in off a hot year in 2016. We had the feel good moment with Heath Slater and Rhino. Yeah. Um, that's actually being revived right now on Raw. I have more arrows and writing and scratches <laughs> on this than anything. Um, I'm going to start number five. It's not easy to put anyone in any spot here. Nothing to say negative about Authors of Pain. I was a fan of them from day one, especially them having Paul Ellering. I was a big Legion of Doom fan as a child. It's a perfect package, and I feel terrible putting them at number five. But, <laughs> again, there's multiple errors. I don't think that's where they necessarily started. Number four, you mentioned that I'm wearing a New Day hoodie. <laughs> a lot of people got sour on the New Day with a lot of things going on. Um, when the Hardys returned that mania, people were almost pissed because the the New Day fronted and, and made it seem like they were going to come in, and people were complaining because they didn't want to see the New Day yeah. in the match. 
The New Day, they put in great matches. They're still entertaining. Laugh makes a good point. Do you really want them to split up? No, because they're they're great. It makes sense for WWE. The merch is going to sell. WWE has high hopes for them. They want them to be the greatest tag team yeah. of all time. Me, personally, I don't think a team of three should be the greatest tag team of all time, and I have big hopes for Big E. I want him to do so much more. <laughs> Again, the New Day, if anyone said they were number one on this list, I probably couldn't be mad at them. I have more arrows going on and back and forth here. <laughs> number two and number three. I'm having a real hard time because when we started this, I knew where I was putting number two, and now I'm back and forth. <laughs> uh, number th- number three, I'm going to give it to the Hardys. I had them in number two when I originally uh, listed this. My personal opinion, uh, yeah, they had a they had some bumps, and they don't have the you know, the length and the longevity of all of 2017 of being a tag team together competing. But let's talk about the year that they had in the beginning. And one of the greatest moments of the year, one of the greatest WrestleMania moments of all time, their return. Um, We got to see their last in-ring independent wrestling match that maybe they'll ever do. If they they stay with WWE and return, Retire In the ECW arena, we saw them face Tommy Dreamer and Bubba Ray Dudley. That match was awesome. Mm-hmm. What a great moment. And the best part is New Jersey got cheated out of it the night before. Yeah, yeah. They went out there, cut a promo. They didn't have a match. We expected it. We were front and row. What a great feel-good moment. They, where, did, where did they not hold tag championships in this year, holding them in WWE? TNA Impact, Ring of Honor, losing the Ring of Honor tag titles 24 hours later, winning them in WWE. If somebody said they were number one, I would not be mad at them. I got to put the bar at number two. They were awesome as a tag team. Uh, Imagine the Rumble last year. They were teaming for a little over a month. They were butting heads. They got eliminated together at the same time. Their matches have been great. Got a bar fight. (laughs) I, I can't say nothing bad about Sheamus. That was Troy's favorite wrestler when he first started watching when he was two years old. Um, One years old, a year and a half. He loved them. I've always been a fan of Cesaro. They're great. Cesaro had his teeth shoved through his head, and he continued to match for 20-plus minutes. They're great. I think it should be unanimous. The Usos are the tag team of the year. They reinvigorated themselves. They rechanged themselves. They had the best facelift, maybe better than Neville's facelift to a heel. Usos tag team of the year. Gun Jr. So with my list, we'll go number five, Hardys. Uh, as much as <laughs> as much as I enjoyed the comeback this year, uh, there's not much that happened after that that made me care about them. Number four, I got to go. Authors of Pain. I can only give them so much credit when they had as many matches all year as the New Day and the Usos had together. Right on pay per view. So <laughs> number three, I gotta give it to the bar. I really enjoy them. Like Alo made a good case for it, but I just number two. If if I could give number one to two teams, it would be these two. It'd be these two. <laughs> My number two is the New Day. Nothing I have to say there. And my number one is the Usos. We already said enough. It should be unanimous. And it is. <laughs> All right, so congrats, Jimmy. Congrats, Jay. <laughs> All right, so finish. Got something coming in the mail. <laughs> finishing fifth is the Hardys with six points. Finishing fourth is AOP with seven. In third place, a New Day with thirteen. 
finishing second is the bar with 14 and like we said unanimous it's the usos well deserved uh so our tag team of the year for matt madness is the usos day one ish good for them the uso penitentiary congratulations to them uh just run down a few more things from raw we don't really have to get into much conversation the Miz-Tourage singing Miz Miss Carols <laughs> so throughout the evening. They thought they were going to be in a quote-unquote secret Santa match. I don't know why I thought that was funny. <laughs> it's so stupid, but it's funny to me. They got destroyed by Braun. Well, they had the sweaters on. Yeah, great. Um, Finn Balor got a win. I, who did even? Chad Hawkins. Chad, okay, Chad Hawkins. <laughs> uh, Bray had another promo. Matt attacked Bray in the ring. Mr. Hawkins is... You know, has a countless amount of losses, but I think the majority, at least twenty percent of them, are all from Finn Balor. He's lost quite a few to Finn. And the Wrestle Buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like that after Matt Hardy attacked Bray Wyatt, Bray ran up the ramp and just looked back into the ring, almost like he was like, "What is this guy?" <laughs> Which is funny to see Bray Wyatt react that way to someone, like that they're really trying to sell Matt as being even weirder and more out there than Bray Wyatt. I like that they're pushing it that far and I think this could end up being pretty entertaining I'm hoping yeah I hope so too and we saw Dana with Titus Worldwide <laughs> with the glasses and the notepad again which I was happy about um, looking like Stacy Keebler on Nitro yeah anything else from Raw anybody wants to comment on before we get to the next award all good January alright right, next award for the 2017 Maddie's mark out moment of the year our nominees are the Hardy Boys' return at WrestleMania, Adam Cole's debut, TakeOver Brooklyn, Kurt Angle's return at WrestleMania weekend, Shane McMahon off the top of the cage at Hell in a Cell, and The Shield reunites. So who would like to lead off this category? I'll lead this. Okay. Um, again, this wasn't the easiest. I, I, hopefully this one isn't a, a landslide for everyone. I'm going with number five, Adam Cole's debut. Again, a lot of these were all mark-out moments, but there's just some that just ranked up higher. I'm going to go to number number four, a big Kurt Angle with WrestleMania. To me, I, I couldn't put this any higher because at the time, it wasn't one of those things that we would know if WWE was going to let him get in the ring. I popped more for that. Number three is going to go to Shane's Hell in a Cell spot. We were there together. Uh, that was something to pop for. No, number two, I, I got to give it to the Shield. Uh, I, I remember popping in my living room alone. Uh, I mean, that, that was awesome seeing yeah. those guys. I mean, it's one thing. I know specifically, aside from Adam Cole. I mean, when, when you're talking about you know Shane, that's someone from my youth that you know you're seeing him in his like third or fourth match, and he's doing a crazy spot like he did when I was little. Angle's coming back. And then when I get to who I believe is the number one mark-out moment, The Shield is the only one that is something that's present, and I've watched their whole Shield career. I've watched their debut, and there kind of was a good feel-good moment watching that. But number one, i got to give it this mark-out moment of the year. It's got to be the Hardys returning. Uh, you guys were all there live. I was downstairs in the in uh, the Big Day's basement, <laughs> yeah. and there was about a dozen of us all popping. There was a seat it, for you next to me. There. <laughs> <laughs> Great moment. This got to be a landslide, but l- let's see if this gets chaos. Anybody mind if I go next? Go ahead. All right. Number five, Adam Cole debut. Um, as you guys know, I thought it was cool, but like those guys just did not mean a whole lot to me, so 
I was like, all right, I get why it's cool. It was cool to see him out there. But to me, the others just were more important. I marked out more for them. Uh, my number four is Kurt Angle returning. <laughs> Maybe should be higher, but I think because it was something we knew ahead of time that we were getting. So it wasn't like a um, just a moment for me. It was really cool to see him. Prep, you and I got to see him. I was just going to say. Tear the house down at the Hall of Fame. That didn't touch your heart, the time we spent together. Of course it at did. At the Hall of Fame. Of if course I was it did. there, maybe this would be higher on his list. Man, look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's I, where my hate for Zack Ryder started. Yeah, that's true. What what a night. Very maybe, important maybe that's night. that's what's tarnishing this. Very yeah. important night in Matt Madden's lore. Yeah, what a night that was. Uh, but yeah, I think because it wasn't like a moment. It was like multiple moments. I knew ahead of time that he was being inducted in the Hall of Fame. And we'd see him at Mania. So not that it wasn't great, but it wasn't like a, a just a moment for me. My number three is The Shield Reunites. I think again, like we we it was telegraphed for weeks. It was cool to see it. The crowd loved it, um, and it was awesome. But my number two is Shane McMahon going off the cage, and it's like twofold. One is because Shane going off the cage is like okay, I didn't know that was going to happen, but the way it happened was not how I thought. Because they fought up on the top of that cage for a while, and I was like, well, maybe they won't do it. We got it, but. Then there was also the bonus of seeing the replay and seeing Sami Zayn pull Kevin Owens out of the way. And it was like those two things combined I thought were great. And obviously Sami Zayn still reaping the benefits of that moment. And my number one, obviously, the Hardy Boys return. Sitting next to my good friend, <laughs> Alo Aaron Lloyd, I actually had like tears in my eyes knowing like th- these guys were such a big part of his childhood. And like getting to be there and share that moment. What was awesome, and obviously, even if I wasn't there with Alo, it's like, wow, the Hardys are back. Everybody wanted it, and I think everybody settled on, like, ah, we're not going to get it. Everybody thought the New Day was going to jump in that match. I thought, I even told Alo, I was like, they're in their ring gear. Like, they're going to be in the match. And then the Hardys came out, so it, like, they actually fooled me and swerved me, so I'm going Like with. I always say, they surprised me on men. Yeah, so they got me. Who want, Who wants to finish this one off? Who wants to go third? I'll go next. Okay. So my number five is Shane McMahon off the cage. Uh, just like the match, I enjoyed the match, and I'm, I was happy with what came out of it, but the moment itself was, like, a, to the rest of these, it doesn't really mean too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shield reunites is number four. It would have been way higher if they would have been able to come at it the way it was supposed to. Like, Roman had got sick. They didn't get the team up in time. So my number three, Kurt Angle returns. Awesome moment at Mm -hmm. WrestleMania weekend. My number two is Adam Cole debuting because I'm a huge Adam Cole guy. And then my number one is Hardy Boys returning because I cried. (laughs) (laughs) Add some new moves to the shuffle, didn't you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell anyone. So closing it out is is Alo. Who do we got? All right. So my number five is Shane off the cage. Number five is not the Hardys. <laughs> not they're not going to be number five on this one. No. Yeah. Number five was Shane off the cage. As many times as we've seen it, just the moment of Sami Zayn pulling him off was great. Number four, I'm going with Adam Cole's debut from Takeover Brooklyn because of the internet. <laughs> we knew it was coming. Yeah. And. 
NXT they do they they do a pretty good job of not being formulaic, but that's the only thing that they really do that's formulaic is like even after the copyright thing comes on, you know, not to turn off NXT. All right, so number three. Well, I liked it because they didn't do the normal just shot in the crowd. <laughs> True. You like when I make a good point. You didn't make a good point. I'm not going to change my answer, though. Number Don't. Th- number three. It was my number five. You put it higher than me. Number three, I'm going with the Shield Reunites. Like Prep said, a happy moment. I legit marked out. I really did. I like, really, really popped for this. It, it wasn't done. After after the after they reunited, it wasn't done properly. Yeah, literally everything fell apart. Yeah, it did. Roman got did sick it. and all this other stuff. It was a mess, and we're cheated out of this too. Number two, I'm going with Angle's return. Kurt Angle's return was very like good. It was like it made me feel like really good for him because we all we all know like the struggles he went through with his drugs and addiction and the stuff he was doing with, with Impact and. How they wouldn't WWE wouldn't bring him back and stuff, and going just going back to his Hall of Fame speech, but he bringing back all the different incarnation with the the hair, the the cowboy hat, the milk. It was really good a good feeling to see him back and see how legit happy he is to actually be back in the situation. And he's not he hasn't been that great other than his first night on the Raw, but that's not to his fault. That's just the WWE formula with their general managers. And of course, number one, the Hardys return. Uncle Dave, I apologize because I destroyed this dirt sheet. Because who thought, who would have thought the Hardys would be in bladder matches back to back nights at that? And I've waited for the Hardys to be together for the first time in eight, for, in eight years. And in TNA, we got it, but then Jeff got hurt and stuff. It was just a, such a good, a feel good moment for me. And actually, to see it in. The, re- the crowd's reaction to it, the crowd could not believe it, and it was one of my one of the things I always remember for the rest of my life just being there at Wrestlemania, because people always say, like my brother even asked me this past weekend about, how's, like does it feel like a waste of money going to Wrestlemania? I was like, it honestly doesn't like, when you get there, you're like, wow, I'm legit at Wrestlemania, and then if they do things that actually make you feel good about yourself and feel good about the event, that, those are memories that you'll always have for the rest of your life. Yeah, is it too late for me to make a change to my list? <laughs> Go ahead. Number five, still Adam Cole. <laughs> Hold up one sec. Did you go first? Uh, I went second. second. Okay. So still Adam Cole, number five. Okay. Number four is now The Shield Reunites. <laughs> Number three is now Shane McMahon off the cage. Number two is Kurt Angle's return. Because I forgot how I I remember when we found out he was coming back. I said, am I going to get... Like the headgear and the hair, am I gonna get the little hat and Jimmy Crack corn? And we got it. And every, everybody was like, "Nah, he's not gonna do that again." And he did it. So it warrants number two, and my number one is still the Hardy Boys because there is nothing that can top that. Yeah. <laughs> if you only knew that Kurt Angle was gonna come out of Shield gear. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Who would have seen that coming? Is that the greatest gif of the year? Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. That goofy smile, him popping out from behind. Yeah. I legit was just laughing. I wasn't even necessarily popping for it. I was just laughing. It was that was great. All right, so finishing in fifth in a tie for fourth is Adam Cole's debut and Shane McMahon jumping off Hell in the Cell. Finishing in third is Kurt Angle's return. Finishing second with 15 points is the Shield reunite. And 
the unanimous choice of the Hardy Boys returning at WrestleMania is number one. Okay. It's good. They, I mean, they deserved it, obviously. I mean, it'll even be hard for 2018 to create a markout moment that big. Uh, moving on to SmackDown. Main story continues to be Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon having friction with each other. Are, what are the chances that we get Daniel Bryan against Shane McMahon at WrestleMania? Because I don't know if it's really being talked about much. I haven't been paying attention to dirt sheets or a lot of wrestling Twitter. But if you think about it, if Daniel Bryan was to come back, that would be the biggest story. And it makes sense for them to put Shane in the biggest story because that seems to be (laughs) what Shane wants to do. So I'm really starting to think that that's ultimately what we're going to get. Does anybody agree with that? Does anybody disagree with that? I don't know anymore because we keep hearing conflicting reports. Some people say Brian says he's cleared by the doctors and WWE doctors are saying that he's not. They're not going to clear him. It's up in the air. But Daniel Bryan's a bit of an asshole, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if he's just trolling everybody. And then we actually do end up getting this match at WrestleMania because that has to be the reason for this. It really does. Because the the way that their conversation ended on SmackDown, like it is clear that this is going to continue getting worse. Um, but Daniel Bryan last night and one of the exceptions that Shane took with Kevin Owens or with with Daniel Bryan was that he put Kevin Owens in the main event against AJ Styles Um, he was upset that he made a US title tournament instead of giving Baron Corbin the former champion a rematch Um, I also thought it was interesting that Shane walked in putting Vince over like hardcore I don't know if this is that they're trying to hype up Vince for his next venture, and they want people to remember how great Vince is. I think it could just be that natural, like, we are family thing. Or is it just that Daniel compared him to Vince, and he's saying, well, hey, that's not that bad. And they're alluding to Shane, maybe he is going to try to become like Mr. McMahon. One thing that's known is making you think multiple different things. Yeah, and I am thinking multiple different things about it. Prep, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I do think that the match is going to happen. Just because they're they're going too hard for it. But then again, they did that with The Miz and Daniel Bryan, too. So, <laughs> I don't know. That's true. And that was actually, like, legit, like, one guy screaming at the other guy for, like, three straight minutes. Mm-hmm. I just think, if I really do feel like this. If, if anyone was going to get it, it's going to be Shane. Yeah. That's that's just how I feel. As much as our friend Laugh would just call the whole family selfish and everything, mm-hmm. I, I'm looking for. If this match is going to happen, I'm excited. I'm excited. It, it'll be good. Shane McMahon was in arguably the match of the night of WrestleMania the year before, and I think him not being in there with another guy on the roster, like that, he is in there with Shane. Shane will do enough of the. Kind of like ooh-ah moments that Daniel could take it easy if he needs to. Exactly. Like, I don't think it'll be like Daniel a... Daniel doesn't have to be the spot monkey. Yeah, it won't, be, it won't be like a, like a strong style match that he's having if he's in there with Shane. It could be the quote-unquote soft WWE style if it has to be. Um, so we do all... We, are we all in agreement that now we do think that this is going to happen? Halo, you even think this is going to happen, Daniel and Shane? Or you're still on the fence? I'm on the fence, but there's no other reason to be doing this. Yeah, I agree. I I am interested to see where it goes, but this week I'm really like, I think this is what they're doing. Uh, Next, Maddie Award, Show of the Year. 
Our nominees for the 2017 show of the year are WrestleMania, TakeOver Brooklyn, TakeOver War Games, Great Balls of Fire, and the Royal Rumble. Is anybody itching to lead off the show of the year category? Alo? Alright, I'll start this off. So for number five, I'm gonna go with the Royal Rumble. Great great show to start off the year because last year we had a, a ton of great pay-per-views and this was a great way to start the year. If we had Neville versus um, Rich Swan for the Cruiserweight title, which was a really physical match. We had a downside was the whole Jericho versus Reigns in the shark cage, but Jericho was the more atten- he was more important in the title basically in that whole situation. And the only letdown we really had was Roman Reigns being number thirty in the Rumble. But other than that, I thought the entire show was great and we also had the runner up match of the year of John Cena versus AJ Styles. Number four, I'm going with TakeOver War Games. Like with NXT, this this is no shade to NXT, but everything in NXT always hits 90% of the time. And the War Games match for the first time being back in a while, it was a good match. We Everybody had to nitpicks with it, but I really did enjoy the shows overall, and it gave us our match of the year, Velveteen Dream versus Aleister Black. Number three, Goodness gracious, Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> Number three, the Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view. I said when this got, when the name got confirmed, I was like, this show better be excellent because you cannot name a show the, the Great Balls of Fire and have it be terrible. And I, I was adamant about that for months. And I gave this show a showstopper. This had the Roman versus Strowman match with the whole ambulance thing in the backstage area, the Sasha Alexa match, Joe versus Brock. It felt my, my, my whole point about the show was it had that whole attitude ever feel like you wanted to see what happened on the next night. You want to see what Bronson do the next night. You want to see the fallout from Sasha Alexa. It gave you a lot of thing, a lot of things to actually look forward to the next night, and it, everything hit, especially with the whole Brock Joe stuff, because we that was a match that we never thought we would actually get, and WWE actually pulled the trigger and gave us something that we never thought we would see, and then that match lived, to, lived up to expectation, even though it was only nine minutes long. Yeah. Number two, take over Brooklyn three. Excellent show. The only reason that it's not number one is because I lived number one. <laughs> WrestleMania 33 for me is number one. I'm a bit biased because I was there, but when we all went and we came back into the show the next week, we said that the ha- the tagline was the ultimate thrill ride, and they legit took you on that thrill ride, a six-hour thrill ride. And the reason that NXT would be number one, but the way WrestleMania WrestleMania made me feel, but the whole six hour thing, that's the only negative to it. But since they lived up to the whole ultimate thrill ride thing and everything almost hit, even the whole Bill versus Brock thing, that match hit because it was nothing but the SmackDown video game hit when you have unlimited finishers because that's what all they can actually do. <laughs> and it was better in WrestleMania 20. And then also the the, um, the moment of the Undertaker's. Possible final match. We'll see. He'll be on Raw in a few weeks, actually for Raw 25. But just to kind of the send off to the Undertaker, that was a, a sentimental moment to me. Like I shed a tear for the guy. Like I don't know back. I don't know wrestling without the Undertaker. Yeah. It's just like it's just like when um I, I don't know basketball without Kobe Bryant. It's just same same thing for me with mm-hmm. the Undertaker. You're living it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who wants to go next? I'll go next. My number five show of the year. Is the Royal Rumble? 
Alo said everything, so I'm just going to give you my list. <laughs> my number four show of the year is TakeOver War Games. Number three, TakeOver Brooklyn. Number two, Great Balls of Fire. And number one, it might be biased, like <laughs> like Alo said, but WrestleMania. I was there. It was the show of the year for me. Eck, you want to go or you want me to, to go? I'll, I'll finish it off. Okay. So for me... I'm going to say that my number five is Takeover War Games. Enjoyed it, but like a lot of the, like the the War Games match, I I didn't care about it as much as a lot of other people. It did have a match that I loved on it, which was Alistair Black and the Velveteen Dream. But that's number five. Takeover Brooklyn number four. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with the Royal Rumble because I loved AJ and Cena as much as I did the moment with Ellsworth. Getting tossed by Braun was a great moment as well. Uh, my number two, I'm going with WrestleMania. Ha! Because I cannot put a show with William. Oh in my! As my number one. Yes. And my number one is Great Balls of Fire because the expectation when they announced it of like, what is this name? And they actually came through and gave us, like, the equivalent of, like, a summer blockbuster movie. I, I really appreciated that. I think, like, I'm pretty sure that's going to be a summer show going forward, correct? Like, no, it's not it's there not? no more. Okay. One and done. Well, then even more reason for me to give it number one, because they really took a big swing with that name, and I feel like they delivered beyond anyone's wildest expectations for that show. So now I'm really curious how this shakes out. Wow. All right. Well, to wrap it up for the show of the year... I'm going to shake this all up, all right, guys? Number five, don't hate me, don't crucify me. I'm giving it to Great Balls of Fire. It was an enjoyable show, and I did not hate the name. I didn't hate it when it first came out. I thought, you know what, they're doing something different. And there's nitpicks I got on it on why it could be higher, but I'm not going to get into that. Number four, TakeOver War Games. I didn't hate the event. I didn't hate the War Games match. I did kind of want the, the cage to have a roof. They played everything off well. It was an enjoyable show. Number three, I'm going to the Royal Rumble. We were all together. We had a good time. It, it was a crazy night. The after party <laughs> was fun. I, I enjoyed it. Was it. A crazy, it was a crazy night. It was that. It, it, number two has got to go to TakeOver Brooklyn. Um, top to bottom, it was a great show. I was on vacation, and I watched it, and I was like, this, this is why you're a wrestling fan. Number one, the show of the year, arguably the greatest WrestleMania of all time, and I'm not biased because I was not there. So <laughs> for you guys to not feel it, you know, WrestleMania 33 this year was show of the year. We're going to be talking about it five years from now, <laughs> ten years from now, fifteen years from now. Yeah, I can't really argue with that. All right, so finishing. Even though Big Bill was there, <laughs> yeah, William. William. <laughs> so finishing in fifth place is Takeover War Games with seven points. Fourth is the Royal Rumble with eight points, and a tie for second is Takeover Brooklyn and Great Balls of Fire. Wow! And the show of the year is WrestleMania with 19 points. Deserving. Like even though I didn't put it as my number one, I'm not going to get mad that it is number one. I had it number two for a reason. I had one reason alone why it wasn't number one, and uh, I think it deserves it. I'm glad that I didn't take it down myself because um, I could have. I could have put it number five. Um, Owens and Sammy. They want to celebrate with champagne after Owens beats AJ in the main event. Can I just say I think it's funny that Brian Gerard James has had them with champagne? 
every week since I did the champagne test on Matt Madness 100. Does anyone else think that's a little weird? I did. That they have that champagne every single week now. Yeah, I did see that. Weird, yeah. but surprising. <laughs> no, not surprising. Um, I thought it was a really good main event match. Um, Shane's hot head got in the way again. He walks out to eliminate Sami Zayn, costs AJ the match. Uh, do we think that AJ is going down the road with Kevin Owens again, or was it like a one-night-only thing as the main event of that show? Well, they do need somebody to face him, so I think we might be getting it again. You guys all agree with that? I think so. Oh, man, I, the, my brain is so conflicting in this. I love it. I want it to go. Um, they had multiple United States Championship matches that did not hit. They were disappointing. We wanted so much more from that feud. And maybe this is where we get it. I want to see AJ Styles hold the WWE Championship for a while. We had a listener question about seven, eight months ago, maybe longer, maybe a full year ago, about who do you see being the next five people um, that have never held the WWE Championship, the belt, who do you think they would be? And I think unanimously we all said Kevin Owens. If this is something that happens at the Rumble... I want to see my guy Kevin Owens win the title. Um, he said, he stated, you know, when he won the Universal title, he looked at that as winning the WWE Championship. In retrospect, he's disappointed with his title reign. Give him what he wants. It's my guy. Yeah. Alo, any thoughts on that? They need something to do to hold him off to Royal Rumble, but I do think the smart thing to do is trying to remove Owens and Sammy away from Shane and Brian and let like Shane and Brian have like their own little separate conflict. They could be involved because of Brian's decision making, but don't have those two integrate with each other. Even when, I like the kind of dissension between AJ and Shane because Shane kind of not really cost him the match, but he was down in ringside, so it kind of makes AJ. It kind of seems to AJ that Shane made him lose his concentration. Yeah, but I'm sure since Owens did get the victory that. A- A- Owens will end up getting a championship match against AJ in the upcoming weeks. But I would love if they do like a handicap or triple threat match to actually have those guys together. One thing I did notice is this is kind of mimicking a lot of Owens and Jericho. Yeah. Especially like even with the um, few weeks ago when he fought Orton, when he said, Don't, um, you're banned from ringside, and Sammy didn't quote unquote go from ringside. He was. On the top of the rim. Remember, Jericho was in the in the in the crowd. Well, yeah. in the universe, wearing a Sinkara mask. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, so that kind of, a lot of this is mimicking that. So I kind of think you'll have to mimic a hoodie. Yeah. Do you think we'll eventually get Sammy in the El Generico mask? <laughs> <laughs> Love goals. <laughs> well, Brian heard it, so don't be surprised if we see it next week. We got the champagne the last two or three weeks. We'll get the El Generico mask coming up soon. Uh, yeah, I, I do. I would like to see a triple threat with these three guys because I think it'd be awesome. I'd cry if Sammy won. Cry tears of joy. <laughs> that would be great. As yeah. much as I want Owens to win it, but Jesus, cry. <laughs> uh, anybody? What if he pins Owens? <laughs> anybody ready for the next award? Oh yeah, the 2017 Talking All This Madness Award. Our nominees are Kevin Owens, Alexa Bliss, The Miz, Elias. And Chris Jericho, who would like to lead this one? I'll off? lead this at number five. You'd be disappointed in me if I didn't put the mess there. <laughs> number four, she's had a hell of a year, but there's some people that just need to be above her. Alexa Bliss. Number three goes to Elias. This is a toss-up. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, again, I, I want to put him at number one. Uh, he's my of current newer crop for WWE. Kevin Owens is my active favorite wrestler, but I put him in at number two because Chris Jericho is the GOAT. He is the greatest of all time. And what he's done in his past couple of year reign, and then he's got a big match on the fourth next month that I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Jericho talking all this madness. Who wants to go second? Yeah, I'll go second. My number five is Elias, as much as it pains me to say. <laughs> I know that one hurt you. Yo, this this list was probably the hardest one. <laughs> number four is The Miz. Again, that hurts me. But what hurts me even more is number three is Kevin Owens. <laughs> wow. My number two is Alexa Bliss. She just killed it this year. Killed it on the mic. And my number one, the GOAT, Chris Jericho. Fair enough. All right, Alo, you want to go next or you want to go last? I'll go last. All right, so I'll go next. My number five is, I also hate to do this, but it is Elias because I feel like (laughs) all the good work that he's done really has been very recent. Uh, number four is Alexa Bliss. Uh, I don't really have a good reason for the other three to be ahead of her, just other than I preferred these three. My number three is Kevin Owens, because I think my number two guy really earned this. I think The Miz is number two. He, <laughs> I think he's had a, he's been great on the mic, like Eck, like your son says, all he does is talk, mm-hmm. but he's really good at it. Um, and P- I think people in the WWE universe are finally catching up to us on this show and appreciating how good that he is and how good he's been. And was the yeah the the, the him being John Cena and Nikki being mm-hmm. or and Maurice being Nikki that was this year. I thought that was some of the best TV WWE did all year. So I have to give it to the Miz. And then number one. You could have put Chris Jericho up for any award on this, and I would have put him number one. You could have put him on for Women's Superstar of the Year, and I would have voted for him number one. So, Chris Jericho, yeah. (laughs) Breakout Star of the Year, Chris Jericho. The list of Jericho, yeah, Jericho, number one. Once he made it onto this list, there was no way he was not going to be my number one. Oh, man, I'm going to shake this thing. I'm I'm, I'm last. (laughs) All right, so number five, I'm going with Alexa Bliss. Sorry, baby, but... um. (laughs) A lot, especially lately, she hasn't even gotten a chance to talk or even show her, just show her face barely on Raw. Mm-hmm. So the last month or so took a lot away for her for me on this ranking. Number four, <laughs> I'm going to catch heat. <laughs> Chris Jericho. <laughs> Just not enough. Damn. I, only around for four months. Not enough. I'm sorry. He's he's defending, talking all this madness champion from last year, but I need it more. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just need it more. Number three, Elias. Because like I said, a new guy constantly on TV every week, doing the same thing in a legit heat. Classic Hill stuff referring to sports teams is going on in the in the state that they're in. So good all year long. Especially from somebody that nobody actually had on their radar. Right, like he there's no expectations of him yeah. doing this. And number two, I'm going with the Miz. Like you said, the total Bella stuff 
the Total Dollar parody stuff was fantastic. And him and Maurice, I'm sad Maurice is gone, but he's even shine without Maurice with the whole Miz, with the Miz-tourage. The Miz has been great, as always, hands down. The Miz is number two. And number one, I'm going with Kevin Owens. Because like we said, like I said earlier in the superstar of the, my superstar of the year ranking, he was fantastic. The title, the titles don't matter to him. He was a focal point all year long. And also, he carried every feud he was in. And he made the Shane McMahon feud work. He made the AJ Styles feud work. Even the stuff with Shane, the, the lines he dropped about the whole Canadian thing, but he deserved it. It was, right. it was great. <laughs> And that's why Calling back to the 90s when he screwed Austin. Yeah, the, the, um, the whole... You can make a compilation of Shane McMahon screwing over people. Think the French Little Friendship, the feud with Chris Jericho, everything Kevin Owens champion did. champion stuff. Yes, the Face of America <laughs> stuff. Great. So Kevin Owens is my number one. So now I'm really curious how this shakes out. Very curious. I do think I still know who's going to be number dun, dun, one. Dun, dun, dun. Because I think this is a tough lead to overcome. <laughs> like my Hell in Cell music? All right. I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so finishing in fifth place with eight points is Elias. Finishing in fourth place is Alexa Bliss with nine points. Finishing in third place is The Miz with 11 points. Finishing second is Kevin Owens with 15 points. And finishing first in the two-time Talking Owners Madness <laughs> champion, Chris Jericho, with 17 points. Yeah, I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't not give it to him, even though he didn't have the full year. This is one guy that I will waive the clause for <laughs> because everything the guy said on the microphone was great. There's literally nothing he did really since his comeback that didn't work. So... Got to give it to him. We know that he will not be up for any awards next year, probably in 2018. So unless never, maybe never say never. maybe we'll get a markout moment of the year for Jericho in 2018. I don't know, but I'm happy that he he got an award this year. Uh, United States Championship Tournament. I don't have a whole lot to say because I don't really care about much that happened on SmackDown with these guys. But Bobby Roode got a cheap win over Baron Corbin. Jinder beat Ty Dillinger. Anybody, any thoughts, care about this at all so far? I, I'm confused about it all because I think Ziggler's going to end up still being champion. So, Yeah, because we all know that Dolph Ziggler love, loves Shawn Michaels. So um, what I think is going to happen is this is going to kind of mimic Shawn Michaels' razor and Cena Punk. I think Bobby Roode will end up winning the whole thing by beating Jinder, and then whenever he does win, Dolph will come back. And then we'll have a match to determine the undisputed U.S. champion, and I'm sure that will un- unveil probably maybe a new title. Because people I keep talking about, oh, there's gonna be a new title, or whatever, and I think it's the one that was on the advertisement. But yeah. that I don't think WWE made that poster. Because if you just Google Baron Corbin, that's one of the top pictures that comes up. It's that picture with the U.S. with, with yeah. that Photoshop U.S. title. Yeah, that, that might be what they do. I uh, I'm not super invested in it. Didn't really care too much about either of those matches. Um, next award, our 2017 Women's Superstar of the Year. The nominees are the Empress of Tomorrow, Asuka, Alexa Bliss, Naomi, Natalia, and Charlotte. Is there anybody that wants to lead this one off? I'll go first. Okay. So my number five is Naomi. A uh, great year for her, but just 
people in front of her are way ahead of the pack. Number four for me is this probably got some heat. Asuka. Um, again, just everybody else just did it more for me. My number three is Charlotte. My number two is Natalia because she just had a hell of a year. <laughs> like, I was really happy she got that rain and that those, like, couple months did enough for me for me to vote for her that high. Yeah. I know that it was only a short span, but whatever, wrestling subjective. <laughs> <laughs> and my number one is Alexa Bliss. She just killed it this year, and I just I just can't wait to see more of her. She's so good. Yeah, just because I know mine's different, I got to dive right in on this. <laughs> uh, number five, and you know, I wanted her to win the title. I'm happy she did. I'm putting Natalia at the hmm. bottom. Uh, number four, I'm going with Naomi. She had a up and down year. She started. She got got her final, uh, you know, her first title win. She got it yanked from her. She got to return in her hometown and win it. And then I've, I've been saying it the past couple of weeks. I just feel like she gets better and better. Honestly, I, I feel like she doesn't deserve to be at the bottom just because of that one drop kick. Um, mm-hmm. Charlotte is going to be at number three. Number two is going to be Asuka. Undefeated in NXT, she hasn't really let me down on Raw. They're they're not shoving her down our throat. And then uh, Alexa Bliss is number one. She's the female star of the year. Yeah, Halo, you want to go next? Or you're going to finish this. Where'd one you off? have Charlotte? Charlotte was number three. Okay. All right, I'll take I'll take this. All right, so number five, I'm going with Naomi. The whole thing of if you're not the whole typical WWE thing, if you're not the top guy, if you're not Rock, you're not Austin, you're not Cena. You won't be even though you're the champion. You won't be the big deal. That was Naomi's women's title run because it wasn't even about her. It was about the entire, the rest of the division. So that's why Naomi's looking at number five for me. Not enough focus just on her. It, number four, I'm going with Charlotte Flair. The whole she, she Charlotte's a heel, fantastic. But when she got when after the whole shakeup thing, and then she wasn't able to be herself and stand alone because they did the whole walk, the walking the community thing and then for months until SummerSlam it was just women, six women tags Money in the Bank rematch Money in the the regular Money in the Bank match it was just about the entire division and not enough focus on Charlotte and that whole face thing they didn't really find their niche for her until recently when they actually put the title on her number three I'm going with Natty Natty deserved this and I, I've been saying for a couple of weeks, I, she is that typical annoying heart, and she has <laughs> mastered silliness. Yeah. And number two, I'm going with Asuka. You can only, I, I understand why Asuka was ranked so low for some people because she's been on top for so long, and there's not much left for you to actually want to, actually you want to see from her. And not 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 the fact she's on a WWE roster. There's actually more that you want to see from her. So that's why. But I'm gonna give her a lot of credit for her NXT reign. And number one is Alexa Bliss, hands down. When she first got dropped, when the breast, when the um, shakeup started, I was like, I don't know if she's ready to actually be on Raw because of the Raw is the bigger show and it's like all the bright lights. But the minute she got the Raw, she shined like she did when she got the SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, so I'll close it out. At this point, I don't even know if my rankings really matter uh, after number one. But my number five is Natty. Uh, no slight to her, but I feel like she hasn't really, she didn't really hit the highest of highs this year. I mean, she did get that title reign that I wanted to see her get. Um, but I think a lot of the year she was not doing a whole lot. 
and stuff that I was enjoying her doing, she would like stop doing. Uh, my number four is Charlotte. I feel like she kind of had a weird year too. Like it, it didn't feel like a very even year for her from start to finish. My number three is Naomi. Obviously, I am the biggest Naomi fan on the show. Um, my reasoning for her, while, while I do agree with the idea that she had ups and downs, that her title reign wasn't necessarily the greatest title reign, I think her entrance is one of the most creative, most unique entrances that we've seen in WWE in a long time. I think that that she fought to get that title to kind of represent her with the kind of light up and the whole glow thing I thought was really cool, and that she got to win it in her hometown. I know that probably meant a lot to her, so I thought that was a cool moment. Number two is Asuka. To me, always my favorite thing on NXT for the last year. I think she was just as dominant, you know, her second year in NXT as she was the first. I like that they let her make history and have that really long title reign. I think it's cool that she left NXT without ever losing the title because we've made that complaint before that, you always know when the title change is happening, and the title change didn't really come off of her. And then number one, Alexa Bliss, because there's really no case to be made for anyone other than Alexa Bliss. <laughs> All right, so finishing in fifth place with seven points is Naomi. In fourth place is Natty with nine. Third place, Charlotte with ten. And second place is Asuka with 12. And the, uni- the unanimous... Women's Superstar of the Year is last year's breakout star of the year, Alexa Bliss with 20 points. Good for her. This is well well earned. As we all had her number one, I don't think anybody saw anybody else being worthy of that spot more so than her. Um, tag team division on SmackDown. Is there anyone more over than Rusev and Aiden English? <laughs> no. 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 They should have changed the finish <laughs> to this damn match. Yeah, they should have on the fly been like, yo, we're making a mistake. <laughs> I mean, the crowd was elated to see them. After Jason Jordan just won the Raw tag title, they're just giving it back to Chad Gable. Chad Gable's going to win with American Alpha 2.0. He's going to win the SmackDown tag titles early next year. Yeah, I mean, one other little note I had from this match is Aiden English has a, has a pretty nice splash off the top rope. But they, they deserve to be tag team champions soon. Yeah, I, I know that we're rushing through the show, but that match was great. What a way to kick off SmackDown. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Anybody else thoughts on the, the tag match? It's Excellent. entertaining. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Usos, Usos just keep whispering American Alpha 2. Yeah. <laughs> on commentary is great. And Shelton Benjamin. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought this was a great way to really kick off the show. I thought this was the match of the weekend for the week for WWE. I didn't think anything on Raw was close to as good as this. Yeah, as uh, much no as argument. as much as SmackDown knows how to book tag team wrestling, they equally don't know how to book tag <laughs> yeah. team wrestling. If that makes any it sense, it does make perfect sense. Um, yeah, do you I, need an explanation? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you gave me a look. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought this match was great. Uh, Brizongo got put into a rematch by Ascension. <laughs> Who lobbied for them to get a rematch with the Bludgeon Brothers. This was pretty funny. This was funny. They got killed again. <laughs> and I I love the way the crowd reacted when Rowan pulled up Breeze on the two count. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see that that often anymore. Somebody do that. And I think they're the perfect team to do that. And that's the perfect team for them to do that to. Because everybody, obviously, is going to have sympathy for the fashion police. 
uh, and then they end up getting put into another rematch by the Ascension. Is the Ascension maybe really their enemy, just yep. hiding in plain sight as their friend? Yep. <laughs> Which I kind of like that, if that's the swerve, is that it was Ascension all along. They, yeah. they, they made us think, like, oh, it is us. Okay, it's really not, and then it really is them. Um, yeah, I, I really am uh, hoping that that's what it is now. Any, anyone with any thoughts on the Fashion Police or the Bludgeon Brothers? Nothing to say about the Bludgeon Brothers. I hate their music so much. <laughs> um, next award, Women's Match of the Year. Our nominees are Asuka versus Ember Moon, TakeOver Brooklyn. Uh, Women's Money in the Bank match at Money in the Bank. Uh, Charlotte versus Alexa Bliss at Survivor Series. The Fatal 4-Way match between Peyton Royce, Nikki Cross, Kyrie Sane, and Ember Moon at TakeOver War Games. And Asuka versus Nikki Cross versus Ruby Riot at TakeOver Chicago. You guys want me to start this one off or does somebody else want to go first? Go for it. All right, my number five is going to be, and this is crazy, this this one was pretty kind of tough too. The Fatal 4-Way at TakeOver War Games, Peyton Royce, Nikki Cross, Kyrie Sane, and Ember Moon. Uh, it was a great match. It was a fun match. I really like all these competitors. I think maybe there's like a little bit taken away from it because it was a vacant championship and not someone who was winning the title from a champion. Uh, my number four, Charlotte versus Alexa Bliss at Survivor Series. Again, really liked the match, but there wasn't a whole lot of build or meaning to it other than it was just champion versus champion. My number three is Asuka versus Ember Moon at TakeOver Brooklyn. I really liked this match, but I thought the finish was a little bit weird. And I even remember us being there, kind of be like, oh, that was that was the end of this match? Like, it just didn't feel... No, that was... We were at Orlando. This was Brooklyn. Oh, God, okay. So then maybe this would have changed things. Oh, well, it's still number three. Uh, my number two is the triple threat, Asuka versus Nikki Cross versus Ruby Riot at TakeOver Chicago. Uh, I thought that was a great match. I think that led to a lot of good stuff on NXT TV. Uh, and my number one, the first ever Women's Money in the Bank match, I loved the reaction that it got, the heat that it created on social media, <laughs> that they had to actually do the match. Well, basically, they had to, to redo a match because of how much people were mad at it. So I think that was the biggest women's match of the year because of the fallout from it. It was the first of its kind. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go women's money in the bank match. I'll dive in next. I'll kind of just rattle mine off quick. Uh, number five, just because... I don't know. It didn't feel that special to to me. I apologize for that. This is going to be number five, the women's money in the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm then going to go the more recent um, Fatal 4-Way from TakeOver, uh, which was for the vacant title. The Survivor Series match, champion versus champion, mm-hmm. will be number three. Number four is going to be the the 4-Way in Chicago. You just said that, didn't you? Uh, the triple threat. Makes, oh, triple, triple threat. threat I'm sorry. The triple threat in Chicago. Uh, that one with the spots around the arena. I loved it. And Oscar versus Ember Moon at Takeover Brooklyn was match of the year for me. Yeah, I'll go next. <clears throat> my number five is the Fatal Four Way. My number four is the Women's Money in the Bank. My number three is Charlotte versus Alexa Bliss. My number two is the Three Way at Takeover Chicago. 
And then my number one is Oscar versus Ember Moon from Brooklyn. All right, my number five is Oscar versus Ruby Riot versus Nikki Cross at Takeover, Chicago. Great match, <laughs> like Oscar just stealing that victory mm-hmm. basically, because this this was a year for Oscar where she kind of like. Kind of weaseled her way to a lot of these victories, and I, I did like that story they told with her. So she's she, like holding on to, yeah, it. for dear life. <laughs> um, number four, I'm going with Charlotte versus Alexa Bliss. We talked about how would the whole dynamic of Alexa being so tiny against Charlotte, who's who she has to look up to, and Alexa shined and looked just as big, if not bigger, in that match. Number three, I'm going with the women's money in the bank ladder match. Like you said, Ron, it, it caused so much controversy. I don't care what anybody says. I loved it personally. Yeah. Same here. Number two, I'm going with the Fatal 4-Way at TakeOver War Games. The reason I'm going with that so high is because it, the women were fighting for it. It was, it was basically like a new guard in the women's division in NXT because Asuka was there for so long and so dom- dominant for so long that it was, it was like the new guard, and then we wouldn't get a new champion. It would be like a, a, a new women's division basically in NXT that's why I had that so so much higher and then my number one match is Ember Moon versus Asuka take over Brooklyn 3 excellent match I'm, I might catch heat for this this is up there with Sasha versus Bailey for me because if you go back to the Chicago match the story of that match was can Ember Moon hit the eclipse but Asuka broke Asuka um, pushed the referee into the turnbuckle so Ember Moon couldn't hit the eclipse but at Brooklyn she hits eclipse but Asuka kicks out and then uh, eventually Ember Moon does get choked out to the Asuka lock I'm rooting for that to finish number one because <laughs> had I realized it was that match it probably would have been my number one so I would, I would like to think that my human error does not cause this <laughs> All right, so finish finishing at fifth place is the Fatal Four Way of Takeover War Games with eight points. In a tie for third with ten is the Money in the Bring Ladder match in Charlotte versus Alexa Bliss. Finishing in second is Oscar versus Ruby Ryan versus Nikki Cross, and number one is Oscar versus Ember Moon from Takeover Brooklyn with 18 points. Justice has been served. <laughs> it was and it was swift, I'm, which I'm glad. Uh, women's division on SmackDown, we had Ruby Riot versus Naomi. Prep, I know you specifically said I think before the show started you really liked this match. I know you definitely popped when it started with the fry Takayama spot. Oh, yeah. I'm always, you know, I'm a big fan of that spot. I do know that. But, no, yeah. I mean, it was it was a short match, but that didn't matter to me. I think the best thing to happen to Naomi now is to work with girls like Ruby Riot who have been wrestling a long time. So she's only going to get better working with these people. Yeah, I, I agree. And I thought the match was really good. Like I said, it was short, but... Still delivered. Yeah, it was good, like, for what it was. It didn't need to be more than that. Um, we had Naomi get beat down. Charlotte, Charlotte comes out to try to save the day. She gets beat down. And then the former welcoming committee comes out and chases uh, the riot squad off. Again, more build. Bless you. Bless more you. build just towards the Women's Royal Rumble. Did this do anything anymore for what Raw did to no. build towards Royal Rumble? Cito. Perhaps no more excited. No. Um, I kind of agree. I, I did enjoy the match, but it's kind of getting where they're kind of just doing the same thing on both shows. 
where the group beats somebody up and then the rest of the roster comes out to face off with them. Mm-hmm. I don't think they need to just keep doing that every week. Uh, we are down to our final award of the year for 2017, the last Maddie Award. Before we get into that, yes. I do want to thank at least USA gave us the treat of the first hour. No commercials. Yeah, if you watched live, that, that yeah. was a treat. It was. That was a, a nice. I wish that was every week. That was a nice gift. Yeah, me, yeah, me too. Uh, rivalry of the year for 2017. Nominees are Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman, The Usos versus The New Day, AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon. I know Laugh is going to be really happy that Shane McMahon we managed to get twice. here twice. <laughs> And Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose versus The Bar. Who wants to kick off I'm Rivalry of off. the Year? Laugh will probably love my order. I'm going <laughs> to go AJ Styles versus Shane is number five. Um, number four, Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. Number three, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Number two, The Bar versus Ambrose and Rollins. And number one, the feud of the year. Every match was gold. Tag Team Wrestling is Alive, The Usos versus The New Day. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'll go next. Number five, Rollins Rollins and Ambrose versus The Bar. Number four, AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon. Number three, Usos versus The New Day. Number two, Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. And number one, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. I like that. Was not expecting that. Why was that your number one? Just the matches. I just loved all the matches. And I think they can wrestle tomorrow and the feud will still be alive. Right. I agree. Well, Braun still hasn't isn't finished with him yet. Yeah. So. <laughs> and that's I think that's why it's number one. That actually. was the tagline of that feud is I'm not done with you. Halo? All right, I'm going with oh, this is this is what's tough for me too. But I'm going to go with Rollins and Amber versus The Bar. We talked about tag team wrestling, about the New Day and Usos on SmackDown. These these two were these four were the complete opposite in styles. But all the matches were just as great, but this is more of a technical aspect. I'm going and then number 4, I'm going with Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon, it did give me heel Sami Zayn. Anything with those two gave me heel Sami Zayn. And that's all I really care <laughs> that's about. That's why I went number two. <laughs> <laughs> number three, I'm going with AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon. That was AJ Styles at his peak as a heel. I needed more from AJ Styles after this, but I remember Ron was very low on that match. And But when we got there, his mind was quickly turned. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm going with Reigns versus Strowman. <laughs> this is kind of what w, this is a rivalry that WWE typically wants. They want their two big names basically going at it, and those two never disappointed at all in any of the matches. And we had the great moment with the ambulance spot. And then number one, I'm going with Usos a New Day. Like I said, the rap battle, the matches, they got better and better, and they culminated inside Hell in a Cell. The first tag team championship Hell in a Cell match, just a great moment, just great teams. And both these teams, they kind of rejuvenated each other. Well, both teams rejuvenated themselves into actually being into focal points on each on their brand. Uh, yeah, I think it's a good list. You guys ready for me? Yep. So number five, mine is also Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose versus The Bar. This kind of tells you how many good rivalries there were in 2017. Because this was a good rivalry. These were good matches. All four guys are really good. Uh, But the other ones just ranked a little higher for me. 
My number four, I'm going to say AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon. I loved the couple weeks we got leading up to Mania. I loved the Mania match, but it kind of just ended there. It was very quick, very brief, and then it was over. And then AJ was like a baby face immediately afterwards. Uh, my number three is Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. This one built for a while. Like, they kind of teased it early. They eventually got to it. We got a, a really good Hell in a Cell match. It turned Sami Zayn heel. So I think that that, that one ranked number three. My number two is Roman and Braun. Main reason it being so high is I feel like those matches were kind of spectacles. And outside of the matches, we got a lot of great just crazy segments on shows with the uh, Braun throwing Roman on the gurney off of the ledge. We had, you know, the whole thing with the ambulance match. So I think this was a great feud, number two, but could only be outdone by the Usos in the New Day. I kind of think this, I felt like this was a foregone conclusion. They just had an unbelievable feud for most, most of the year, it seems like. Matches were all great. They flip-flopped the titles a few times, so the Usos in the New Day are my number one. So who was the winner of the 2017 Matt Madness Awards Rivalry of the Year? Finishing in fifth place is Rollins and Ember versus The Bar with seven points. Finishing in fourth is AJ versus Shane with eight points. Finishing in third is Owens versus Shane with 11 points. Finishing second is Reigns versus Braun with 16. In the Rivalry of the Year is Usos versus New Day with 18 points. All right, so I think that was good. We do have one more award that I don't believe was announced. I don't believe it was posted in the poll on Facebook. But the is this the figure of the year award? Is that what we're going to call it? The inaugural? Inaugural. Figure of the year. I My vote probably shouldn't count because I only have one. I have no <laughs> idea what figures came out this year. But number one is this figure right in front of my microphone. The white gear AJ Styles. What is, what is this figure? You could explain Network it Network Spotlight. Network Spotlight from WrestleMania. The best figure. The figure that led to the guy at Jiffy Lube. <laughs> Ask my coworker what you know about the phenomenal one. So that alone. <laughs> Gets it to figure the year. Who wants to start first? I'm going to lead it in. Uh, my five, not necessarily no order. I mean, th- it was hard for me to pick five. This was actually more stressful than, um, <laughs> than breakout of the year, feud of the year, talking all this madness. Number one, I got to go with the greatest in-ring performer <laughs> of all time. Uh, arguably my favorite wrestler of all time. The Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, ringside exclusive, DX gear, the original Shawn Michaels, not, not the second coming. Fire. Good hair. <laughs> uh, arguably, if not his number one, if it's not his top two, it's his top three greatest figures. We're going to go ringside exclusive again. <laughs> Macho Man, Randy Savage, Wolfpack. Uh, so good. Um, I really try to argue with these to myself because I really like you know certain accessories. I feel like they they need to come with a belt. I've been needing a diesel figure for a while. I got that was lucky. close. I got lucky with the basic, uh, but this new head scan with the classic Blackstrap Intercontinental Championship, diesel in the Hall of Fame line exclusive from Target. Had to go there. Oh, man. Honorable mentions. I'm going to put out. I'm, I'm bad with the series. Uh, honorable mention. Scott Hall. Uh, <laughs> with, with the... With the Outsiders from early NWO days, Mankind was part of this line from the, his original carnation in the Brown. Uh, Mankind got a SummerSlam heritage as well. 
with the WWF Championship, paying homage to his second title win, I believe. Also, I mean, this similar gear to what he won his first title in. Those are just honorable mentions. Have to put them there. Again, I'm gonna go <laughs> ringside exclusive. I gotta put I gotta put Shane O'Mac there. 2001 King of the Ring. Without falling off of the stage or a cage. He got his ass beat, and this was one of his most memorable matches. This is one of my favorite Shane McMahon matches. And all of these are flashbacks, but the best, WWE's best figure of the year. The only thing, I wouldn't have even brought any other figures. If this came with the U.S. title, the you just made the list. <laughs> Chris Jericho, the greatest figure WWE made. Another honorable mention would have been the Storm Collectible Hulk Hogan. Uh, that was incredible, but I'm keeping everything Mattel listed Jericho. Figure out a year. <laughs> Who All wants right. to go next? Let's go. Okay, so my number five is this guy right here, Elite 53 <laughs> Kevin Owens. We, we all know my gripe. Well, you guys know my gripe with these figures. They don't get them right, and I hate Mattel so much. But they finally got the gut right. His arms don't look ridiculous. The hairs, right? The the beards, right? Everything's perfect. His attire matches with the belt, what belt he gets. And this was probably one of the fun times we had with Kevin Owens. So that's my number five. Number four, Little Miss Bliss. <laughs> you guys know I'm a, well, this is BM, but you guys know I'm a sucker for cosplay. And they nailed down this Harley Quinn, co- this Harley Quinn inspired ring attire by Alexa Bliss 100%. It's not completely accurate to what she wore at Backlash, but it's just as good as you're going to get. All the details great. Her face scan's great. It comes with her with her hand her hand gloves and her um her belt with the on the back. Number 3, I'm going with this guy right here. <laughs> the Lisa Jericho Chris Jericho. This figure is actually really sentimental to me because this sh- this figure actually reminds me of you guys and um, <laughs> our first year doing the show because he was the highlight of our first year. Chris Jericho, mm-hmm. all his, all everything he would say, all his mannerisms, the way we just kind of like wait for him to say the list. He would just like hold us and had had us in the palm of our hands, and that's why this is my number three. Number two. It's damn true. <laughs> See, I wanted to put him in there so bad, but that hair, I, I passed. <laughs> well, we'll put it this way. This figure moves better than Kurt Angle does now. His <laughs> <laughs> knees are definitely yeah, straighter. Yes, yes, the knees are straighter. And if it could walk, it would walk better. The hair, I can get past it. This is the this is the first time Kurt's been in the Mattel line. They brought back the entrance grates. Like I said, I can get past the hair. The f- people complained about the physique on this, but Kurt, if you like, actually compare what this figure is to his physique in this attire, it actually works. I could look past the hair, but I think they nailed this figure down perfectly. And my number one figure of the year, I'm shocked that you didn't even bring this. I am <laughs> very, very shocked. Ron will appreciate this. <laughs> Defining moments, Chris Jericho. Uh, excellent figure. So zero gripes with this figure. <laughs> it's completely accurate to his Vengeance 2001 attire. The face scan is perfect. Nope. Me naturally, when I think of that moment, I just think of him like almost weeping after after he won. 
So I mean, the head scan's good. It's better than the ringside uh, Mania 19 one, but if I ha if I I didn't want to bombard it and put two of the same person. This Jericho figure is better. Couldn't help. Two different incarnations. <laughs> and my gripe, for example, that Michaels and like I like you because I didn't pick AJ and Balor in the match of the year stuff. You was like, oh, you can't pick AJ and Finn. I wasn't going to because <laughs> because what WWE does is they capitalize on people that they like, pe the popular people, and they flood the market. So we got, I think, three or four AJ elites. We got three three that have hit stores. We got another one coming, but was available on ringside. So you can kind of classify that as 2017. And then with with Finns, he has the same face. It's just the fact that they change up the they change up his his paint. But these figures all have like something special about them to me, and they're all different, and they're not just basically recycled head scans. And honorable mention, I again, it's another re-release. That was a, a, a theme this year. We got a lot of repaints or stuff that's been done. I've had a mock Cactus Jack ringside exclusive, but they put that out, and there's no figure that I bought more of the same <laughs> than that. That's, that was hard for me not to bring. All right, Prep, what do you All got? Right. You want me to record you? So I'm going to pass the camera to Ron real quick. It's already recording. So No Hasbro. My top five <laughs> figures of the year. I'm sorry, I did not follow that rule. I know. <laughs> I already knew you was bringing all Hasbros. Number five, Defining Moments, Macho Man. I think that this figure has the best accessory of the year. That robe is Excellent. amazing. It's a perfect... Like, that figure's perfect. All it's missing is the Intercontinental title. Especially since they put in the picture. My number four figure of the year. No <laughs> way, wow. Jose. I love this figure so much. I know Alo doesn't like no, it. No, that figure has got Yo, a lot of love. The this face. Year. Everything about this figure I love. I need another one to open. I'm not about to lose life like these guys, but my next three figures are loose. Oh, t uh, Ron, bring the camera over here. Another reason that this is number one, this started Loose Life. <laughs> That's where it all began? Yes. In this, very, in this very room, this started Loose Life. 2173 gimmick <laughs> So here we go with my final three. Yo, this figure right here started my Hasbro craze. Like, <laughs> I love this figure so much, and it had to be number three. Only outdone by these last two figures. Number two... You guys might be surprised. Nia Jax basic. Oh, this figure you were is talking about that earlier amazing. That's nailed. That's perfect. This figure is perfect. And her next basic that's dropping just, is just, just as good. good. Yeah. Just don't bring out Enzo next. My number one, Ek2 Fly should know what it is. <laughs> Knew it was coming. Basic Kane. Fire. Yeah. This figure is so fire. I know I was no a little, pun intended. Yo, no, no pun intended at all. <laughs> I know this this list was a little different than everybody else's, but so figures are subjective as well. So I kind of feel like this is the last award. You guys should now vote for the which figure out of these is the best one. I'm gonna say Jericho. Yeah, I'm, Jericho. I'm gonna say Lisa Jericho. Loose life starter, defining moment, Jericho. But, with all things said, we got two votes for the list of Jericho. Yep. Can you guys all agree on the list of Jericho being the figure of the year? No argument. I just like this one a lot. <laughs> 
I do love that one. I think it's perfect. Uh, I love the defining moments. I mean, they got the red highlights, and it comes with two straps. I mean, I hate you give Sean a bunch of rubber here for his entrance gear, and why couldn't he come with either either one of the two straps he had at this time? I don't know. But Jericho, defining moments, he'll throw Jericho two belts. Austin, defining moments, he's got three belts. So who wants to make the official announcement of the 2017 figure of the year? I will. I've been saying to Troy since uh, my dad got him one. This is the... I've been saying this might be the greatest action figure ever made. (laughs) (laughs) This is so good. Well, hold on. Greatest of all time, it says it on his trunk. That's true. So the 2017 figure of the year is the list of Jericho, Chris Jericho. Yes, sir. That concludes the Matt Madness Awards. Any listener questions? There's one more award, but it's specifically for Ron. So, okay. The nominees for the hashtag Juan's Girlfriend Award. <laughs> okay. The defending champion, Sasha Banks. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Naomi. Mm hmm. JoJo. Okay. Tony Storm. Similar Ooh. to Jericho. Similar to Jericho talking all this madness. Wow. And going to have another repeat. I was not expecting Tony Storm to get on that list. I know a lot of people who would be really disappointed with me <laughs> if I made it Tony Storm. <laughs> that my whole image might be tarnished if I made it Tony Storm. Uh, we mentioned last week, I believe, or maybe it was on episode 100, that I have not discussed Sasha Banks nearly as much this past year as I did in year one. It's because there's no reason to. Uh, but she's still the boss. She's still the baddest. <laughs> she's still Juan's girlfriend. She's still Juan's girlfriend. <laughs> the one and only hashtag Juan's girlfriend award. Sasha Banks repeat champion. Uh, do we have any listener questions? Yes, we got one from the Godfather of the podcast, Joe Lafferty. All right. I believe this United States ti- this U.S. title tournament is perfect oop to give Sammy a title reign. With that said, I love for Owens to beat AJ so just so they have both titles for a month or two. So what do you think they should do with this tournament? So I'm going to jump on this first. You guys should all know by now I love when a group has championships together. Like I wanted the Shield to roll into WrestleMania with the tag and Intercontinental Championship. I wanted Roman to leave with the world title and the Intercontinental Championship and them leave with the Raw Tag Championships. I wanted Jer- uh, Jericho and Owens, obviously, to both have titles. So, yeah, I think this is a great opportunity to get a title on Sammy. I would love it for them both to have titles. So I, that that would be the route I would go with the U.S. Championship tournament is I would put it on Sami Zayn. Yeah, I think it will be fun to put it on Sami Zayn because he, he still hasn't held a title in WWE. And then how great would him and Owens be running around with two titles? Yeah, it would be awesome. Although, keep in mind, this segment is called the Things That Won't Happen <laughs> segment. So I'm, i got to jump on this. Um, ideas are great. I love last idea. I love the idea of teams having all the belts or two guys at a tag team having two singles titles or even more greedy tag titles and each having a single title. This is not going to happen. Um, I don't see Sami Zayn getting involved in this tournament. If so, I'll be pleasantly surprised. I think it's you got to put it on a baby face that can go as Ziggler. Ziggler's still the champion, and then my bestie hit on it. It's going to be Punk, Cena, Razor Michaels, real champ versus the replacement champ, and I, I see Ziggler coming out on top. I also love the idea of Daniel Bryan putting Sammy in there against Shane's wishes. 
That's a good I, idea. It is a good yeah, idea. Yeah, I do like that one. Prep, any other thoughts on it? or No, you guys said it all. <laughs> so that's it for listener questions. All right, I'll just get to this real quick. And in discussion to the uh, rumor of if they bring in the, a belt back or, or a new U.S. title, don't make it look like the IC title. That is all. Come on, Brian Gerard. Or the world title. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll do that. I think that that one, does, that one belongs looking different. Uh, I'll do this real quick. I'm not going to have an elaborate way to do it. LeBron James, Matt Madness unsanctioned. The throne is open to you. You are the king. The throne is waiting. Matt Madness unsanctioned is always going to be available to you. Anytime you want to do it. I don't care where I have to go, who I have to call. LeBron, we want to have you on unsanctioned. Uh... That's pretty much it for that. Listen to Falls Count Anywhere. Listen to The Perfect Edge. Check out our unsanctioned episodes, our throwback episodes. Leave us five-star ratings and reviews on iTunes. They're a huge help to the show. They get us in in front of more listeners. Uh, That is the show for this week, the second annual Maddie Awards. I hope you guys had fun with our discussion, our breakdown of who won each award. So for Ek2Fly, Eric Trembicki, for Preptagon Jr., Josh Prep Iguina. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Alo Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man, it ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.